0: Listening to Hockey Night in New York, the Premier Live podcast covering the New York Islanders and the NHL at large. Here's your hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Tony Stubby. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, March 29th, 2020. Coming at you from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island Got another special edition of Hockey Night New York While we're still dealing with this madness going on in the world We hope everybody is doing okay We hope everybody is staying safe Self-isolating, doing the right thing Hope you're all good out there, folks My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Tony Stabile Tony, how are you?
1: Well, I'm going a little stir crazy, my friend, but uh, I'm doing all right. I uh, I hope you're doing well as well as all well the well listeners. Um, we live in uh, in troubling times, and uh, I hope everybody is well, is safe, and uh, is trying to get along as best that they can.
0: Yeah, it is it is crazy times. it Goes without saying, and it looks like at least in the immediate, it ain't changing anytime soon, pal. So get used to those four walls surrounding you because you're gonna be spending a lot of time with them. Uh it's crazy, but look, I mean we're all doing our thing to to try to get by here and, and like we said, we just hope everybody's doing all right and trying to stay positive and, and not go stir crazy and we hope all your families and friends out there are doing okay and and uh, you know, again, we're just hoping we could find you know, provide that uh Little speck of, of uh, distraction and entertainment while we're all going through this, so uh, we appreciate everybody for for hanging out with us and tuning in and and Tony, like I said, a little special edition. We're gonna do something different since the games aren't going on. Uh, we're gonna have a little fun. We had some listener participation, so we got a couple of topics we want to cover tonight, and we'll have a little fun with it. We're gonna be deep uh, diving into the into the Islanders' past into the, uh, into the Islanders' history. And the first topic we're going to talk about is a pretty interesting debate brought up by a listener named Ken. Let me bring up this information here. Mr. Ken Werner, he is from Mentor, I assume that's how you pronounce it, Mentor or Mentor, Ohio. Moved out there about 30 years ago, still follows the team. And he wants a little debate here. Who was the better player, Clark Gillies or John Tonelli. So first of all, we just want to thank Ken for reaching out. Uh, he put in a little research for us, which is great. He did a little work. He put some numbers out there for us to uh, to have a little back and forth over and uh, wants us to discuss it on air here. And Ken has his own personal f- opinion. He thinks it's JT, John Tanelli. But, um, Tony, let's talk about it here. Now, listen, I really, you know, wasn't around during that time. I wasn't watching those games. <laughs> I haven't opened up the vault and checked them out. All I can look at is numbers. All I can really go by is word of mouth and what people had to say. So you being somebody who actually lived it, got to watch it. I'm definitely going to let you take the lead here. So, pal, here you go. Ken wants to know who was the better player, Clark Gillies or John
1: Tanelli. Well, it's a great, it's a great debate. I mean, both players were so important, obviously, to those to those Cup Dynasty years, um, but they were two pretty different players. Um, you know, Gillies was, he was a top-line winger. You know, he played with Bossy and Tracey. He was part of that line for many, many years, one of the you know, most dominant lines in the NHL during that time. You know, um, he scored plenty of points, had plenty of points, scored plenty of goals, scored big goals um during his his time with those guys but you see Gillies was a different kind of a player because he would be like those like a Keith Kachuk kind of a player okay he was a guy who not only could score a big goal or could skate on the top line but he protected those guys he protected Bossy he protected Trache he protected everybody I mean he he went toe-to-toe with some of the biggest baddest dudes in the NHL, you know, um, Terry O'Reilly and, uh, um, you know, the, the broad street bullies, uh, with the you on know, the flyers with Dave Schultz and, you know, all these guys and he would go toe to toe with them. And, you know, they, they wanted to fight him, but he, he wrecked these guys on a regular basis. I'll never forget. There's, um, and it's probably, I think it's a video on YouTube. I, I know I've, I've seen it recently. Um, where it's, it's Terry O'Reilly and Clark Gillies. And, 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 and O'Reilly was just, he was, he was such a tough player in his time. And, and, and his Gillies just, just pounded on him. And he did the same thing to, you know, to Dave. So he didn't care. Like he would go against anyone. You know, he was one of those tough guys. He never, he never, never wore a helmet, not a day in his, uh, in, in, in you know, his NHL career. Um, and, he was he was he was a, a, a leader on those on, on those those Cup dynasty teams a guy who Al Arbor relied on you know to you know to, to be in that room and 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 to you know to keep those guys you know focused at times and light at other times. Gillies was such an important part of that team. Now Tannelli being the probably the more gifted offensive player between the two of them, mm-hmm. was. a and you know how I feel about John Tonelli. I absolutely oh, yeah. love John Tonelli. I loved I loved him, you know, throughout my childhood. I was so thrilled to see him have his number retired. Um and Tinelli was probably the more offensive player, but Gillies was more, I believe, the complete of the two of them. Okay. Um and, and it's and look, it's there's a reason why Clark Gilly is Clark Gillies is in the hockey hall of fame and he's in it for as long as he is. You know, he was the quintessential power forward, which is, as you know, Sean, one of the toughest positions to play in this league, especially and he for then. as long as he did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this was this was not like playing it now. You know, it's different being a power forward now as it was, you know, forty years ago. Right. When, when Clark Gillies did it and did it as well as he you did. actually
0: had to use and, the power of your fists every now and then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if not now and again. It was almost on a nightly basis. So. You know, to 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 go through all that, you know, he put up with it. He put up he put a pounding on his body, and for playing as long as he did at such a high level, you know. I, and I and I believe me, I read through, and 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 I have to say also that, that Ken's email was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. You know, backed up his backed up his debate. There was numbers. There was you know reasoning behind it. But yeah. Putting all he, of that, he,
0: he set it up under- on a tee for us.
1: Oh, he really did. And you know and, and and Ken, when you listen to this, thank you again for putting it together. Uh, but by watching these guys and and, and knowing what I know about they, how they you know how they were and what the game was like at that time, I would have to you know and as much as I love Tanelli, Gillies is the guy who I would have to say would, would win that debate.
0: Clark Gillies okay that's good. Mm-hmm. So we have a debate because as I said, Ken thinks it was J.T.. Now, right. here's some some notes that Ken gave us <laughs> to use for argument here. So, he had mentioned right. that JT never disappeared. He was more of a clutch player. I guess he's insinuating that maybe Gillies had some spells during the season where maybe he disappeared or not. You can obviously debate whether that's the case from your eyes, but it, mm-hmm. it seems to be uh, from his vantage point that was a thing. Uh, he mentions that JT was probably the better playmaker. Gillies probably the better scorer. And, you know, I guess one big point that he mentions is that you kind of you know, can't really, you know, look beyond is, is, you know, he had, Gillies had the benefit of playing with Trotz and Bossy, you know, he had Trotz and Bossy he riding did. shotgun with those guys. And and, and you figured during that era, most guys put up on the wing on that line. You're going to put up some points too, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you were going to put up points, you know, I mean, let's, let's not, let's not forget that, that, that Tonelli played, you know, a good portion of his career, you know, uh, he played with Bobby Nystrom, he played with, um, uh, he played with um, with Bobby Bourne. He played with Butch Goring. Like you know, he, it's not exactly like Tanelli played with slouches either. I mean, yes, Tratner and Bossy are are the two top offensive players this organization has ever seen. Right, and two two top players that you know the NHL has ever seen for that for that matter. But you got to remember also that you know those guys, you know, um, the the way Gill yes, Gillies was the more gifted scorer. And he wasn't the passer, obviously. That Tenelli was. He wasn't the, you know, the, the, um, the gifted uh, uh, playmaker that Tenelli was. Not, not in the least. But the, the, the sheer brawn that he brought, you know, to that. And you know, and remember, I mean, you know, most of the time, while Bossy while Bossi and Trache are doing their thing, Gilly's out there making, you know, is is, is in the corners grinding it right,
2: out, right, right. Um, you
1: know, laying the hits. You know, you and you you play you 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 still play hockey. I played hockey. You know what you feel like at the end of those games and whatnot. This guy was 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 out there playing physical, playing a physical brand of hockey. Every right. single night, he wasn't just
0: contributing to the offense. Right. He was playing policeman out there too.
1: Exactly, and that's yeah. not and that's not to take away from Tanelli because Tanelli was not a guy who just you know who wasn't a dangler who just kind of you know. Uh, you know, would sit at the circles and wait for his pass. Yeah. You know, he was he was a tough player too, John Tonelli. But Clark Gillies, when you think of when you think of the uh, the, uh, the definition of a power forward for for uh, you know one of the top power forwards the the game has ever seen, Clark Gillies is going to come up on everybody's list.
0: Okay, all right, fair enough. I mean, another interesting thing, even though you know I mentioned the fact that Gillies had the benefit of playing with with Trottier and Bossy. Tonelli had the higher points per game, not only while they were both Islanders, but throughout the the, the course of their careers. He ended up having, mm-hmm. you know, more numbers up on the score sheet. And you know, Ken S. I guess I guess with some sort of merit here is like, how come Clark Gillies is a Hall of Famer and Tonelli's always just kind of been considered a role player? I mean, you know, look, he finally got honored with his with his number going up to the rafters this season. But you know, is there is there that much of a disparity? between the two players where Gilly gets, uh, gets, you know, honored in the hall of fame. And and John tonelli just, um, you know, he's kind of, uh, left out of that conversation.
1: No, because I think that when you look at the, that era, right. When you, again, you look at the, you look at the, the, the positions that they played, that power forward position, right. And because those players are so rare, um, especially for the, in that era too, you, you look at, you know, you look at players that, that were like, that were like, you know, like if you, if you look at the, uh, Look at the Edmonton Oilers, right? Mm-hmm. So the Islanders won their four cups, and then the Edmonton ends up winning four, and then you know what is it, five out of seven years or whatever the case whatever the case was I don't, I don't remember it, so I don't have it in front of me at the moment. But you look at the the top players on that team: Yari Curry, Mark Messier, who probably Messier would be probably the closest thing to Clark Hill, even though he played in the middle and he wasn't exactly an enforcer, but he was a guy who wasn't afraid to you know to get his hands dirty. Sure, if you look at. Gretzky was not that type of player. Paul Coffey wasn't no. that kind of player. Right. You know. And, and the, guy, the guy who was on that team to protect Gretzky was Marty McSorley. Okay? That was the guy. And when, and when Gretzky was traded for L.A., McSorley had to go with him. And McSorley wasn't nearly the player that, that Clark Gillies was. So if you look at the type of player that Jonathan was, there are plenty of play, players, especially in that era, that had his numbers or better Whereas Gilly's being the gotcha. power forward, you look at his numbers against other players in that era, and there, there, there aren't many that could that could do what he did during that time.
0: Gotcha. So just a more well-rounded game, and for the role that he played, it was it was impressive that he was able to put up the numbers that he did on top of being kind of a, not a bully, but I suppose a you know again protector, policeman, you know, um, tough guy out in the ice, right?
1: Ice guardian. He was he was one of the original ice guardian. There ice you go. Guardian. Yep, he was one of those guys, man. He would go out there and do whatever he had to do to protect his players. He was and he was no slouch offensively. Not any stretch of the imagination. Sure, he was an extremely gifted offensive player, and a gifted goal scorer. But he he protected those he protected those guys on the ice, and, wasn't, and he would stick up for his teammates. Wasn't
0: that a documentary? I think on Netflix or something like that, right? Ice Guardians or something. Now that you say that, you use that term.
1: Absolutely, I still yeah, haven't I seen that because of the movie. You have to, Shawnee. It's phenomenal. Really? It's phenomenal.
0: And very, was, very was well Gillies done. mentioned in that in that uh in that No,
1: no, it's more it's more, you know, guys who uh, it's it's more guys who they, they interview nowadays. I, I, don't okay. I remember him I don't remember him being in there, but it's mostly guys I believe Dan Carcillo was was uh was on that. Um it was more about um how uh, guys have been suffering, I guess. Um, right. You know, it, being in that enforcer role, it's it's extremely, extremely well done. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but it's it's excellent. You should definitely watch it. Yeah, uh, I've been meaning to.
0: It's out. it's been on my radar. I just haven't had a chance. That and uh, Goon too. <laughs> I still haven't seen the sequel.
1: <laughs> first yeah, one was well, good though. Yeah, I have I have not seen the sequel either. I I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Jay Baruchel is uh, is uh, is very very funny. Um, but he is, and he's and he's such a hockey guy. Oh, my God. He's oh, a yeah. uh, tremendous, tremendous hockey fan, but um, you definitely should check out Ice Guardians. You, know, you have nothing but time on your hands at this point, buddy. You should definitely <laughs>
0: <check it out. laughs> I'll see if I can slot that in there. All right, so I guess that ends the debate. I wish I had more to add, but I, I wasn't there, and I just don't think it's, it's really a place I should be stepping in here and saying which guy is better than the other just because, again, all I really have to look at is the numbers and, and the stories that I've heard, so... I guess, uh, unless you have anything else to add, there, Tony. Final answer: Clark Gillies. He wins the JT so that, versus it, Gillies debate.
1: It is a it is a tough it's a tough debate. It's, it really is. I mean, because if you, especially if you are talking about their Islander careers, which Gillies, it's most of his career. So, you know, Tinelli went on to play uh, with different organizations, you know, Calgary, Chicago, LA, um, even Quebec. But you know, Gillies spent the majority of his career with the Islanders, and he was. Uh, he was he was the captain before Dennis Potvin uh, right. uh was there so he was a captain um, he was he gave the captaincy to to Potvin which was you know which was uh you know which is a big deal at the time and he was one of you know i mean there's a reason why his number was retired so early on because his his contribution to those teams was so important and, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. There's a reason why that's the case. And he is, was generally considered one of the, the, you know, the greatest power forwards that have ever played this game.
0: Right. All right, well, there you have it, folks. Tony's the bill, says Clark Gillies. If you want to chime in with your own opinions, we welcome it. You know you can find us on Twitter, at HockeyNightNY. You can yell at Tony. At Tony Stabile. And Ken from Ohio, big thanks to you, pal. Really appreciate the question. Thanks for chiming in. Thanks for helping us out. We appreciate it. And now we will move on to the next topic at hand. And that will be, well, let's see. We, we kind of we kind of split it up in a, into a couple of different things here. But uh, one of our listeners on Twitter, at Have Another Donut. <laughs> we don't know his real name, <laughs> but... He he posed the posed the idea great handle, to us. By the way. Yeah, great handle. That is in reference to Jim Schoenfeld calling out referee Don Koharski. Am mm-hmm. I right, Tony? Yeah, that, that is correct. Was that when he was coaching the Devils? Yes. Yes. It, it was. was, right?
1: At the old Brenda at the old Brendan Byrne Arena.
0: Wow. Long time ago. Long time ago. But I remember that. I remember yes, that.
2: I do too.
0: <laughs> he was yelling at him as there were, what? It was at the end of vividly. a period, right? At the end of the game, yep. they were going he into the hallway. He
1: was walking down the hallway. He was walking down the hallway. Yep. I remember it vividly.
0: <laughs> yeah, so do I. So do I. Yeah, excellent handle. So thank you at Have Another Donut. So here we go. He wanted us to come up with our all-time post-Dynasty Islander team so what we did and kind of i guess similar to to why i bowed out of the gillies versus tanelli debate here is that uh, i really didn't see much hockey i owned their hockey post dynasty leading up to you know the 93 team i mean i started maybe in the in right around 90 or something like that but basically to to split it up a little bit tony put together a post dynasty through 93 team i put together a 93 to present team and he's going to start out with that post dynasty in 93 then we're going to just kind of put it all together trying to come, try to come up with a with a full team on the air with you guys and we'll see who we come up with i'm sure that nobody is going to to agree with anything either one of us had to say and and tony let me tell you pal this was tough man this yes, it was, was hard <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. i spent a lot of time on this bro i really
2: did
0: i did too and i needed more and i and i guess i don't have too much of an excuse because of what's going on right now <laughs> but mm-hmm. But I still needed more time than what I put in, you know, like I really could have gotten into the nitty gritty of it. And, and look, you know, another thing folks is Tony and I kind of set our own, um, our own personal parameters with this, like, look. You know, and, and we'll joke about this a little bit later, but, you know, we, we didn't put in guys like Bill Guerin and Doug Waite because, sure, in their primes, yeah, maybe they would have ended up on this team, Zidane Chara, stuff like that. So we had to leave names like that off of the list. You know, even a guy like Ryan Smith, you know, he had a great, what, 15-game run before the playoffs when they got him in 90, uh, 2006, but it really isn't right. Yes you know, putting him on one of these teams. So, you know, I know what I did, and I think Tony did this at least to an extent, too, is that when I chose my guys, it was, you know, kind of on the basis of what they did as Islanders. And, you know, so that particular point in their career, how they contributed to the team, stuff like that. You know, I wasn't just blindly looking at names and and looking at their stat lines and saying, okay, well, he's got to be there just simply because of that. You know, it was, it's more, you know, what they've kind of brought to the team as well. So, again, none of this is going to be perfect for, all, for everybody listening. Everybody's going to have their own lists, and, and, and we are happy to debate it with you. We, we hope you guys chime in and hit us up after the show. It'll be great. And I'm sure we're going to be leaving guys out. You're going to be like, you guys are nuts. How did you leave this guy off? It's going to happen, but that's, that's part of the fun. So, Tony, we'll start with you. Take it away. Post-Dynasty, you can't use any Dynasty players through 1993. Go for it, pal.
1: Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it up by position. Okay. Okay. Uh, there is only there is only one player that I have on my list that was on a on one of the dynasty teams.
2: Oh, and yeah, you screwed up because, already.
1: Well, and I'll tell you why that I put it. Yeah, okay, he, he gets an asterisk Mike, because he because he played until eighty nine. So he came All onto right. this, he got, he got onto the team and, uh, during the 81-82 season, and he played until 89. And so did you
0: stick I by have the, having other Donuts parameters of four forward lines, three D pairs, and two goaltenders? Uh,
1: I have, let's see. I have oh, boy. One, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven wings, four centers. One, two. Three, so you need six, an eighth winger. A little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm. Yeah, well, I'm down. I'm down a wing. I'm down a couple of different <laughs> Oh my He's God, <laughs> what'd you do? These were, these were, diff- these were difficult times, bro. These were, these were some tough years here. So all so,
0: right. So, first of all, you screwed you know, it up already.
1: First. All right, here's my centers. First of all, first thing you got to talk about Brent Sutter, um, tremendous yeah. player during that during that time frame. Put 694 games for the Islanders, tied for fifth all time in goals. Uh, six, uh, yeah, fifth all time for goals. Him and Lafontaine are tied with another guy we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, also sixth all time in points, uh, in this organization. And you know, this team has had some pretty, uh, impressive offensive players play. So Brent oh, yeah, 187 goals, uh, put him on that list. So he is definitely on, um, On that list, Pat LaFontaine obviously came the year after the uh,
0: my all time uh, favorite. Yep,
1: uh, 287 goals as well, uh, 566 points in 530 games. Uh, LaFontaine's numbers from the age of 20 through 25, his goal totals 30, 38, 47, 45, 54, and 41. There's no question that he's on this list, so he is definitely listed under the centers. Uh, another center, uh, big time, maybe not on the offensive prowess that Sutter and LaFontaine were, but scored some tremendous goals for this organization and had a tremendous playoff, and that's Ray Ferraro. It was acquired in 1991, uh, 116 goals in 316 games, and then uh, also acquired, oh, he was acquired in 90, I believe, Ferraro, but the following year in October, uh, your all-time favorite, Patty Lafontaine. Oh yeah, uh, was a holdout, and along with Brent Sutter, Lafontaine, and and it's which is hysterical that Lafontaine and Sutter had the exact same amount of goals around the career, and were traded on the same day. Um, Lafontaine was traded to the Buffalo Sabers, and who did they acquire? But Pierre Turgeon, who turns out to one of the highest goals um, points per per game average of any round of player, like two hundred and fifty-five. Games the New York Islands have three hundred and forty points in those two hundred and fifty five games. Uh, tremendous, tremendous player. Imagine players. being Isn't the guy
0: it? who has to trade Pat Lafontaine and Brent Sutter on the same day.
2: Yeah, <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine that being your job. Say, <laughs> and,
1: and and look at the players he acquires, which they're all they're practically all on this list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that right. uh, in just a second. But we're gonna get to wingers at this point. Uh first winger, uh post dynasty guy you gotta talk about, captain of this team for a while, Patrick Flatley. Seven hundred and twelve games, he had four hundred and eighty-eight points, hundred and sixty goals. He was the captain after Brent Sutter was traded away. Um, you know, not uh by, by no means was he an offensive dynamo, but was right. a guy who played every night, played his heart out every single night. Uh definitely deserves to be on this list. Another guy who had he, he had a really great run in his early years and then completely fell off the, the map. And you're gonna love this you're gonna love this guy, Nico Mackala. Is that right? Nico Macala, three hundred and seven games with the Islanders. He scored ninety-five goals and had two hundred and nineteen points in those games. Uh, Mackle, as this 22 year old, had 36 goals and 76 points. He looked like he was going to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, an all star uh, for this team. And then it turned out that he just kind of fell off the map. Had a couple of, you know, more seasons and then disappeared into obscurity. So Nico Mackle is on that list. Okay. Another guy, 19. Uh, he, he he's going to show up on your list too. But he, he was uh, his rookie year was in 1988. Derek King. Oh yeah had a wonderful Islander career, 638 He had 211 goals and 499 points before he was traded away to Hartford. Um, <clears throat> you're going to go into him. Uh, another winger on my team, who uh, another guy who had uh, a lot of success early on, uh, two 20-goal seasons back-to-back when he was young, and again kind of fell off the face of the map, was Alan Curl. Alan Kerr had th- played 326 games. He had 69 goals and 154 points. When I was a kid, this guy was being touted as you know one of these power forwards. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, He had 150, 180 penalty minutes one year, 20-some-odd goals. He looked like he was going to be the real deal. And again, just kind of fell off the face of the map after he left the islands and did not much else. And then kind of disappeared into obscurity.
0: <laughs> wow. You know, um, it's, it's funny you bring him up. I know nothing about him. But as I was doing this, you know, I was going through the all time roster and just, you know, trying to look at all the names and and his, you know, I see his stat line go across. I was like, huh, I'm like not bad for a guy that I never really heard of. Now, granted, I've heard the name, but I I knew nothing of what he contributed to the team, what he did. So, you know, he played 326 games. um, Yeah, seven years, 84 to 91. And I really know nothing about this guy.
1: And he had, and he was, and again, he had those two, you know, twenty goal years back to back when he was young. I think he was like 21, 22 years old, mm-hmm. and it was looking like this guy was going to be like another, you know, another big bodied you know, tough guy around, and just just never could. Uh, he kind of fell off the map. Just uh, you know, he had to, he had a good run, and then disappeared. Wow. Okay. The, the next the next guy I'm going to bring up scored one of the biggest goals in uh, the history of this organization, and that that guy is David Vollick. Really? Rookie season in 1989, David Vollick played 396 games for the he scored 95 goals, and had 249 points in those 396 games. He had some really good offensive years early on. He kind of tailed off after Terjean and Thomas and Hall were acquired, uh, but he still scored that huge goal uh, against Pittsburgh, that guy that, that moved them on past, uh, past the Penguins. In overtime, and uh, he only played one more year in the NHL, and then uh, I think he went to play overseas.
0: Yes, he played for Sparta Praha in the Czech league. He played uh, five games. But he, <laughs> point per game in those five games three goals, two assists. Yeah. And then I don't know what it's, happened
1: after that.
2: It's,
1: I don't know what happened either, but his son actually was drafted a few years later, Dominic Wallach, I think. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think he was drafted by Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. But he was great. He never made it to the NHL, but he was a guy. He was uh, he was drafted. So I have to look that up. But uh, but Dominic Wallach was uh, was David Wallach's son. And, and another uh,
0: little he- tidbit on David Volik uh, that I'm looking at is his his uh, hockey database page right now. He ended up mm-hmm. coaching that Sparta prada team 14 years later. So he played 95, wow. 96, five games for that team. 14 years later, he ends up coaching them to a 30-win season, and they lost in the second round of the playoffs. And that was it. One season. Done. (laughs) Finished. One year. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah, he should probably get away from that organization. He hasn't had much luck sticking around. I guess not.
2: I guess not. All right, so so Volokh made the list. uh, Okay,
1: keep going. That was Volokh's on the list. Uh, Two more wingers I have. Um, You can't talk about that day, that that infamous trade, the Brent Sutter trade, without talking about Steve Thomas, who was absolutely outstanding when the Islanders acquired him. He ended up playing 275 games with the Islanders had 118 goals and 258 points. He was Pierre Turgeon's winger. He was a extremely good skater. Um, you know, he, he phenomenal skater. He's a, you know he's, he was tough. He could score. Thomas was a great acquisition. Um, it was uh, I believe they they sent Sutter Brent Sutter and Brad Lauer, I believe went to Chicago for uh, Steve Thomas and Adam Creighton who Creighton was considered a a good young offensive center. He's had uh, a year or two with the Islanders and then kind of disappeared also. But Thomas was definitely worth the trade of Brent Sutter at that point.
0: And then Thomas was part of the three-way trade that brought Wendell Clark to the Island.
1: And actually, well, actually he was traded to the, to the New Jersey Devils
0: for Claude, Le
1: Claude Lemieux <laughs> and then Lemieux was traded for Wendell Clark yeah it actually was two separate trades they actually did not call it a three-way trade
2: Oh, uh, okay
1: Which, All right. yeah I found that and I found that out years later it seemed like it was a three-way trade but that's I feel like that's how they Lemieux, described
0: it back then I feel okay. like that's I feel like that's how they described it back then as a three-way trade
1: they did. They, it was just. it was, but it actually wasn't. It was actually two separate transactions. It was right. Lemieux for Thomas and then Ty, and then Lemieux. it was uh Thomas for Lemieux and Lemieux for Wendell Clark. Hmm. And we all know how that worked out.
0: So. We sure do. <laughs> we sure <Yeah>. do.
1: <laughs> Last winger I have on my list also acquired in the same day on the trade in the trade for Palafontaine, Benoit Hogue. Still still kicking around Long Island, still here. 258 games with the Islanders. Scored 105 goals, many of them very big goals, might I add. 229 points in his 258 games. Uh, Had a very good Islander career. Did not um, have, was not able to replicate the success he had with the Islanders after he moved on, but very solid career for Benoit Hogue.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like uh, you said, still on the island. I know up until recently he was still playing in the men's leagues here. I don't know if, you know, up until very current history, but of, I know he was still playing around.
1: Year, as of last year, he was still playing. A uh, One of my cousins was uh, playing uh, in the same league as him.
0: There you go. And he recently did a one-on-one with uh, Mikey Carver at the i Podcast not too long ago. Yes. yes so, he yeah, he is still part of the Long Island community. Great player. Uh, loved watching him during the 93 team, which I'll be getting to soon. But keep going, Tony.
1: I will just give my two honorable mentions that I did not put on the wings. One was Randy Wood. Uh, Randy Wood. Randy Wood was also traded in that Pat LaFontaine trade. He played 381 games for the Isles. 94 goals, 78 assists, and 172 points for him. Uh, and Brad Delgado was another guy uh, who had a real real promising start to his career. Had a bad eye injury. in a fight uh, with the Flyers. Uh, I forget who it was. That he, I don't know if it was... Can't remember who he fought on the Flyers, but he, he ended up getting hurt pretty bad. He ended up playing 321 games. He had 49 goals, 71 assists on 120 points.
0: I didn't uh, realize Dalgarno played for the team as long as he did.
1: Yeah, like 321 he, games. He came. Yeah, but he but, missed a year and a half after because he he got he got into a fight. I forget who he got into a fight with. I cannot remember. Yeah. But he got into a fight and uh, he got his eye got gouged by a glove. And he was it brought, like shattered his orbital ball. He was out for a long time. He was like I think he missed like eighteen months. Yeah, when I you know, saw his his stat about, line,
0: he was with the organization from eighty five to ninety six. Yeah. Eleven years. Yep. I didn't know it went mm-hmm. that far back to eighty five. I thought I thought back then when I was watching as a kid, you know, those ninety ninety to ninety three teams, I figured he was he was more or less a, a rookie around that time, but I guess he, he, he had put his time a little bit before then.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he started uh it was the, I don't even remember the year that I wrote down any years for everybody else gonna do for the honorable mentions. But he played three hundred and twenty one games and he was with the team for that long, so you know, you you could tell that he was out for quite a while. And uh it was a shame what happened to him because again he had a pretty promising start to his career, but yeah. That uh the injury derailed him and he never really was the same player afterwards.
0: Unfortunately I hear that sort of story too t- too many times, you know.
1: Yes, unfortunately. But uh um, the one guy I was telling you about before who played on the dynasty teams, uh, two of them at least, okay, and um, and played most of his career post dynasty with the numbers, and that was Thomas Johnson. Okay, uh, very good, talented defenseman. He played 532 games with this organization. He had 84 goals, 239 assists. 333 points, gifted offensive player. His best seasons obviously were around the dynasty years, but still was an important part of the team for a long time. And Thomas Johnson uh, absolutely should be on this list. Okay. Um, and it took a little bit to get to the next guy because it was, again, you had guys like Steve Conroy and, you know, Gary Nyland and Mark Bergevin for a while. And, you mm-hmm. know, there were a lot of guys like this. And Poffin was still there, obviously. You know, Dave Langevin, Karen Morrow was there for a while. But, you know, to get guys who were off of those dynasty teams, the next guy I took down was Jeff Norton.
2: Okay.
1: 1990. Jeff Norton played 282 games for the Islanders, scored only 22 goals, but he had 166 assists for 188 points in those 282 games. He had two 50-point seasons on defense for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, he he had a couple big years. He was, yep. he was huge in 93. So, he was a big part of that. Yes,
1: he, he was. He was a big part of that team, so he definitely deserved to be on this list. The next guy I put on, he was only with the team for a little over a season, but he was integral an integral part because he was, he was the guy traded for another guy on this list. Doug Crossman played 96 games with the Islanders in 1990 and 1991. He had 16 goals, 50 assists, and 66 points, and he was traded for Ray Ferraro. Right. That's right. It, it yeah. was a great trade. He had a very good season the year before. They were only like ten or twelve games into the following year. They traded Crossman. I actually liked Doug Crossman a lot. He was a veteran player. He was never known as a was a real you know offensive defensive. He had a fifty point year for the Islanders uh, the year before. Um, I think in nineteen ninety when they acquired him. And then he gets traded for Ferraro, which turned out to be a huge trade because Ferraro was such a big player, especially in the during the '93 playoff season. So, you know, to, to be able to get a guy like that, get a good, a really good season out of him, and get a player as, as good as Ferraro in return, it was that was uh he was an important player in that time. So that's why I added him to the list uh, of defensemen. Okay. Uh, also on this list, I put uh, I had three other guys: Gerald Diddick. Played 314 games. He had 26 goals, 63 assists, 89 points. Not a huge offensive player, but a very steady, a very uh, important player uh, during that time. Young guy. Gerald Diddick had a good eye on the career. Richie Pilon, 509 games. He was second all time in penalty minutes. You know how important Richie Pilon was. Oh, uh, yeah. I get to see him a lot after this time. But he should definitely be on his list. And another guy who probably might pop up on your list. I'm not sure. Tommy Carvers.
0: Tom Carvers,
1: wow. Curvers, 192 games for the Islanders. He had 134 points during that time. Um, you know, a guy who had his, you know, his best seasons with the Devils, but he turned out to be an important player uh, when the Islanders picked him up. So those are. Um, so what I have? Six defensemen. I hope so. Three, four, five, six. I had six <laughs> defensemen. That's
0: one of had. which was it was part of the dynasty. I mean, you're breaking rules left and right, but we'll let it's it go.
1: Not, it was like he it just it played more. What happened uh, after? The-
2: all right, all right, all right.
1: But then my my two goaltenders I put on this list. First one, Kelly Rudy.
2: Aha. Uh-huh. can't
1: have a list can't have this list without Kelly Rudy. Played yeah, 41 yeah. games with the Islanders, had 106 wins. Goals against and save percentage, obviously, at that time were a different, different era. <laughs>
0: I was looking at those yeah. numbers too. They would not look good now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Three point four seven goals against, eight eighty nine save percentage, which probably would get you a ticket to uh, the ECHL in, uh, today, <laughs> right, if you're age. lucky. But, yeah. Uh, but that, but honestly, if you would have, if you, he would have worn the equipment. Um, you could have put two goalies in the net at the same time at that uh, with the equipment that they had on and. Uh, there wouldn't be one goaltender in the net now. So so Kelly Rudy with right. hundred and six wins during the uh the post uh, cup era. And the who's other goaltender I put on this list, my backup, Glenn Healy. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why it's Glenn Healy, it has to be. I looked at Mark Fitzpatrick, I thought about it, but honestly, yeah. Healy played in this uh during that time. He had that great playoff series, was so important. Um, you know, so many great uh huge games, especially in that Washington series. He was phenomenal. Uh, he only won sixty-six games with the Islanders, but that that playoff series alone in '93 would, would would put him on his list, even if he didn't win a game during a regular season.
0: Okay, all right. So that completes the list. That completes my list. Nice job, Tony. Now we're going to have a little intersection here, and uh, we'll have a little more fun with this. So I kind of made. So I told you this before the show. Now I kind of I did two two teams. All right, I did one where I made four lines, three D pairs, and a pair, and a goaltending tandem. And it was just, you know, basically, you know, um, just rated them, you know, based on, I guess, skill-wise, full package-wise, you know, what they would be at each position. Now, and some of these guys might have hopped between positions here and there. It was tough, and, you know, <laughs> one, one position in particular was a little more difficult for me. But, um, you know, that's how I did it. Then the second team that I'm going to present to you guys is I basically took – a line each, right? I basically, I did two top six lines. I did a third line, a fourth line, deep pairings, and then uh, a goal tan- goaltending tandem from, you know, different eras between 93 to now to make like one, you know, ultimate team of lines that were actually intact at one point or another. So the first team is just, you know, random guys who may have never played together, you know, m- you know maybe a little bit, maybe not at all. The second one is literal lines, that were together, and I kind of just made those into one, like, ultimate team. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm, Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So let's start with the first. Now, remember, folks, this is 1992-93 team onwards to the present. So I had a a much bigger (laughs) bowl to fish in here. (laughs) This was tough.
1: Mm, Yes, yes, she did. Yes, you did.
0: So for, for better or worse, here we go. My first line at left wing. Number twenty-seven, Derek King. Mm-hmm. All right, he deserves
1: to be there.
0: You already went through a stat lines. Well, he, here's the—that was the tough position. It Was left wing for me. He was trying to come up with just the four best left wingers during that time. And again, considering the parameters I was talking about before, you know, you can't just slot in a Ryan Smith there and be like, there you go, job's done. You know, mm-hmm. so Derek King, I think between that time and now, probably the best left winger that this team has had. And I'm happy to debate anybody with that, but here there you go. It's kind,
1: of, kind of scary, isn't it?
0: It is. I mean, well, look, you look at look at the the Yashin teams, and and even beyond that, like what was what was the one of the narratives for for Yashin pretty much the whole time he was with the squad until until a deal for a guy yeah. like Ryan Smith was made, you know, and maybe to a lesser extent Miro Chetan, but it was always they got to get Yashin a winger, they got to get Yashin a winger. And not for nothing, but that kind of carried on a bit into the John Tavares era, you know, right. where he had uh, some musical chairs with his wingers. Now, I would say at the end of the day, Tavares probably, you know, maybe at least had a right winger <laughs> to work with, you know, unless right. you want to talk about that season with Molson and pa- Parento, which actually numbers-wise worked out great for those guys. But, but Alexi Yashin was playing at times with Ola Kavasha, and Matthias Weinhandel. And Brad Isbister. Mm. Okay, those were his wingers. You know, maybe every now and then Mariusz Tchaikovsky would jump up to the first line. <laughs> the Polish Prince. He would put up a couple of goals. The Polish Prince. Uh-huh. Now, he's an honorable mention. He did not make either one of these squads for me. <laughs> Mariusz Tchaikovsky. But we got his name in there. So, top line left wing, Derek King. Centering Derek King, who also centered him during his uh, a lot of his success with the Islands. Pierre Turgeon, you already brought him up. He is my top mm-hmm. line center. For the New York Islanders now, maybe some more current Islander fans might might debate that a little bit, but I look at 132 points in the '92-'93 season, and it's granted, yes, a, a different era for sure. There were more goals being scored back then, and maybe there's a little recency bias <laughs> with what's happened with a certain center that used to used to be the number one guy on this team, but for me, Pierre Turgeon first line center between 93 to now any 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 disagreements there tony nope okay moving on top line right wing now perhaps there could be some debate here but i think it's still pretty clear as day and that is with a guy who unfortunately just you know came to this team you know you might have thought at the right time when he first joined the team as a rookie and until don maloney had his way with the with the roster but uh top line right wing number 68 number 16 ziggy Hoffi, fantastic player. Uh, What was he the the last forty goal scorer that this team has seen? Right since then, I don't
1: think so. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. So
0: I believe so. So So look, I mean, anybody who who was watching the team during that era, you had that top line that Ziggy played with. uh, His line made smoke and fire. (laughs) Brian Smolinski, uh, Robert Reichel. And uh, you know they didn't have much help after that. You know you have a maybe a couple guys like Travis Green that were on the team back then. Marty McKinnis, right? <laughs> Going down the list, even even Pat Flatley was on the team during that era. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you had right. the guy. You know, you had guys like Clark Wendell Clark coming in. You know, look the whole nightmare Maloney Millbury era that uh, unfortunately Ziggy Poffey had to had to be a part of. So he didn't see much success team wise, despite the personal success. So there's your top line, Derek King. Pierre Turgeon and Ziggy Palfi. moving on. Second line. Now, again, left wing, folks. And, and this is a guy who, who's been brought up by Tony Stabil already. And Al Arbor was known for, for mixing and matching his lines every now and then. And I know this guy played a bit of center, but I think he played a bit as his wing as well. Now, maybe your, your memory of this stuff is a little fresher. But I, I picked Benoit Hogue for my second line left wing. wing. Now, that works. That works, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You play
2: both. Yeah. You okay. play both.
0: All right. So, he is flanking number 91, John Tavares. He is my second line center. And on his right wing is Miro Chetan.
1: Wow. How do you feel about that?
2: How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Miro scored what now almost just about a hundred goals with the animals, uh, in his time here. So uh, I don't see why that wouldn't be uh, would be off the uh, off the beaten path.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is where maybe the arguments start, right? Because I have another guy on this list who you might want to put in that place. But for now, I went with Miro Chitin. Again, you know it's weird. You know you have guys that didn't play, you know, with each other. They were they were part of different eras. But I f- I feel like a Hog Tavares shatan line would be pretty damn good <laughs> if you had them mm. all going together. So, third line. We, we we dip into to one of the in fact, one of two guys I believe at least as far as forwards go that that are playing on the current roster and that is Anders Lee. He is my third line left wing all-time Islanders between 93 to current. Uh any opinions there, Tony? Anders Lee?
2: Um No.
1: You got to hear the rest, right? (laughs) Yeah, I got to hear what else is on the list. But go ahead, I'll 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 go with that so far. Okay,
0: I'll finish out the line: Anders Lee, Alexi Yashin, and Patrick Flatley.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't argue. I I, Yashin definitely deserves to be there. There's no question. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a disappointment for you know what he's given up for and you know what they were hoping for, but you know, really, I mean, Milbury. you know, during his time here, did nothing for this guy whatsoever. And then, once the game started to change after the lockout, you know, Yashin wasn't as, as nearly as effective as he was before, but was immensely talented player. So a he question, was he advantage.
0: was a very divisive player. And and yes, you have to bring up the fact that. He wasn't given a lot of help. I mean, he was basically just carrying whatever wingers he had in his shoulders. Right? Again, you had the yep. the very enigmatic, frustrating Oleg Kavash, who spent a lot of time on his left wing. You had Matthias Weinhandel again. We brought him up. Brad Isbister. These were guys who did not belong near a first line, and he did Ryan, what he could,
1: especially not with a player of that caliber.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, you get he he had Ryan Smith for again, like I mentioned before, about fifteen games before that two thousand six playoffs. But he just never had. Well, look, actually, you know what's funny is he did end up with Jason Blake on his wing. You know, just before that whole team was dismantled during the Ted Nolan years, when J- right. Jason Blake. And, and here you go, right? Didn't Blake put up forty goals? So he was the last guy to put up forty since Ziggy Poffey.
1: Yes, he was. Yeah, that's right. Blake did score. 40 Which, goals. looking
0: back, like how did Jason Blake score forty goals?
1: Got himself that huge contract to go to Toronto.
0: He sure did. Had <laughs> that work out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for him, not so good.
0: Right, right, but
1: for him, not
0: so good. But so
1: yeah, uh, yeah, he was. He was a guy who they got from LA, basically off the scrap heap. I mean, you know, they got they picked him up, Milbury picked him up. One of the few gems of, of the Milbury era was picking up Jason Blake, and you know, just always you know, considered like an energy guy. And then all of a sudden, just started to score goals, and he scored. You know, like ten goals one year, then fifteen goals one year, and then he jumped up twenty-five, and then all of a sudden he's ready to—he's knocking on forty.
2: So. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was—he was a pest. He was—he busted his ass every shift, and I remember him being a, a an individual of controversy. Apparently, you know, from what you hear, I guess, from what you read, he wasn't—he may not have been the most well liked guy in the locker room, but he busted his ass every night in the ice. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was one of these guys, I think, that, that did give everything that he had, 110% every time he was on the ice, and anybody who did, he looked at them differently, and, you know, that's not, uh, you know, that's not a way to make friends of you know, in, in the room, so. Indeed. He was, uh, he was a guy who uh, who did have some issues, uh, you know, and not just in the outer locker room, but in, in other locker rooms as
0: well. Right, right. So there's your third line, Anders Lee, Alexi Yash, and Pat Flatley, and now your fourth line, and again, because of this left-wing situation, I kind of had to cheat a little bit. Now, here's a guy who... Who definitely played center, if not for all of his career with the Islanders for most of it. But uh, Ray Ferraro, I put on the left wing on the fourth line. I just, I could not have a 93 to current all time Islanders team and not have Ray Ferraro there somewhere. And when you look at the other okay. centers, right? When you look at Terjan, Tavares, Yashin, and Barzell, how do you get Ferraro in there, right? Okay. Right? Anyway, this is my my uh, my logistics here. Anyway, so I put Ray Ferraro left wing, Matt Barzell at center, and a right wing Kyle Poso. That rounds out your forwards. Now, off the top of your head, is there any any real I don't know big big uh, names that I, I left out? Like I'm crazy for not mentioning in, in the forwards here of this team.
1: I'm a little surprised Josh Bailey's not on this list, um, and I'll tell you why. Cause okay, Bailey yeah, okay. Is you know Bailey is a left wing. Um, I'm not sure Barzal. Well,
0: he's been playing right is, more recently, but yeah, okay. Keep going.
1: You know, like I'm not sure Barzal should should be ahead of Ferraro at this point.
0: Well, then, again, I kind of cheated, right?
1: <laughs> I kind of yeah, cheated. you got him. Well, that's my point. Because if I I would. I mean, honest, I, at this point, I would put Bailey on the list before I put Barzell on the list. Only because Barzell has only played the three years. Um, yeah, you know, but Bailey,
0: he's still already a better player than Josh Bailey.
1: I, I agree with that. I'm, you're going by all time. You're not going by who's the better player, you know, maybe, maybe currently. See, it's tough. I mean, I'm not it's, saying that
0: it's tough to, it's to tough. have these kind of yeah. arguments, right? With dependent on how you're how you're approaching it. But I, I hear what you're saying. Keep going. Right.
1: Yeah, I just just because Bailey's on, you know, the Islands list of you know point getters and, you know, games played, you know, he's 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 there, you know, like he's you know, Bailey has played I, I, I have a hard time leaving Bailey off that list. I, I think just, that's, that's I insane.
0: think if I if I had a little more time and put a little more time into it, maybe I wouldn't have been so hasty to put Miron Shatan in there and I put would have put Bailey in his place. Maybe that's what I would have done. Maybe yeah. that's what I would have done. But again, I was yeah, trying to I, I was trying to stay loyal to the positions. You know, right. like literal I, I
1: get that. You I, know, I just I would I would have a hard time leaving Bailey off and, the list, and
0: I, well, look, and I do have a list of honorable mentions. I do have some names where I would have loved to have been able to sneak them in somewhere, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe on a different day if I was in a different mood, I would have put them in there. But did this is
1: you, you didn't have Bailey on the honorable mention list either.
0: No, I did. No, I did. Oh, okay. No, so he was, was absolutely point. on the honorable mention. <laughs> no, for for no, for, without question. No, what I'm saying is. Maybe on a different day he would have he would have cracked that that you know main lineup. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, and 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 again, maybe I'm even kind of second guessing myself on this Shatan pick right now. Maybe that's where Bailey should have been. But mm. but you know, I just feel like I had to get Ferraro in there. I had to get you know um, in there just because you know again the wingers have kind of, You know, like look, Jordan Eberly great right winger, but you know he had a 59 point season his first year with the Islanders when it was a goal bonanza squad and. You know he's put up mm-hmm. you know numbers that really aren't akin to his ability. Since I mean, look, we're never going to forget the the first round he he had against Pittsburgh last year. But you right. know, Aberle doesn't make it. You know, good right winger, right? Not yeah, not who yet. knows? No, he he his his right exactly his Islander book hasn't been closed yet. You know, maybe he ends right. up in this list a couple years down the road. But not right. you know not a guy that you can put there. You know, regardless of what he might have done in Edmonton, you know he was a pretty much a sixty or so point player there. But not with the Isles. You know and again right. that's 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 why I had to I, I I waited what these guys have done as the as Islanders and you look at Kyle Oposo, and and I think without question he's one of the top right wingers that this team's had since 93 um again because in part they have been hurting for they've been hurting for wingers for a long time man <laughs> you right. know yep. there are just some years during the 90s and 2000s where you know you look at some of those lineups they had right like what remember the first line of the uh, what was it the uh uh like the mid 2000s uh, you had Feta Tanko with with Mike Comrie and Bill Guerin. That was their first line. Yeah,
1: was that was. The, I, that mean, was the yeah. I mean, I was mean the, the tanking years. I mean, come like, on, What about the years? What about the years where you had you know your top line and, you know, consisted of uh, you know your wingers consisted of Richard Park and. And Andy Hilbert. I mean, there was there was plenty of... Well, Park uh, found himself guys
0: a, guys. a regular spot on the fourth line center for a while. It was Hilbert. who got bounced around on every line, on every wing. I mean, that, and yep. you want to talk about a guy who couldn't hit the net. No, <laughs> oh, forget it. A
2: guy
1: couldn't hit the side of a barn. Andy and Hilbert was,
0: was absolutely the Brian Strait of that era. I mean, you want yeah. to talk about whipping boys. Andy Hilbert just, he didn't hear the end of it. Very, very no, much like Brian Strait.
1: <laughs> yeah I straight probably had it worse but uh but Hilbert and Hilbert had some you know some you know some some moments you know where but he just when it came to just just shooting he was he was you <laughs> know he, he aimed at the net he, he, he worked was, hard he, he worked hard
0: but it. he just he, did. he, he did. had so yeah, many he golden some... chances that he couldn't cash in on and it was frustrating
1: and, and it was he was rush, right? such a good offensive player in junior. Like, if you look at his junior numbers, yeah.
2: they were fantastic. And
0: didn't he put up numbers with, with, with Pittsburgh playing with Crosby before he came over? Isn't that kind of part of the reason why the Islanders, you know, brought him I over?
1: He'll, I think Hilbert came from Boston,
0: oh, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was Pittsburgh. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I wrong. think he came from, I thought he came from Boston, but but anyway, all right. but yeah, I mean, it, it, there were so many guys that, you know, the team has has, has gotten, I mean, I remember Mike Comrie had, well, like, 12 points in his first three games in oh, I dude, the Islander. Oh,
0: dude, it was Aldridge. one of those classic Islander seasons where they came out like barnstormers to start, you know, mm-hmm. Comrie, Garen, and Fedotenko were, were <laughs> all three of them were putting up huge numbers in the beginning of the season, I, I can't tell you exactly yeah. what they did, but I, I remember everybody was, was excited. Aldridge. Yeah, yeah, and he played with that extra long stick. He was like five yep. eight, and he played with like a, a stick for like a guy who's six <laughs> three. You know, yeah. Yep. I don't know how That's he did right. it, but yeah, yeah. What a time! Yeah,
1: he had like I think he had, I think he had four points his first night in Buffalo. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think right. uh, he I think he had like, I think they played, they played Buffalo. They won like six to one, and then he had like two goals and two assists or something like that. Yeah. It was like, and no one was like, "Oh my God, we got him!" Got ourselves a first-line center, and you know, three weeks later, getting at a point in like eleven games, and everybody's ready to kill him. So, right? But, uh, yeah, there was, uh, there were a few guys like that uh, that have that have come through this team, that's for sure. And those those tanking years were just brutal. They just put anybody, they would sign anybody, and just say, "Oh yeah, we're going to put them on the second line."
0: Yeah, there were some fun names Kansas back state. then. Fun names.
1: Yeah, they were. They were a whole slew. Of them. <laughs>
0: And you know, just just um, to touch on the crossovers, uh, you know, with some of the ninety three guys you put on, I mean, look, the, I think we're we're unanimous on on some of the guys, like you know, Sergeon and and King and, and Ferraro. Uh, you know, you added Volok, and uh, I couldn't do it. I mean, obviously, he scored one of the biggest goals in Islander history, but just you know, if we're talking about you know a full full slate of of, of what what these guys have done. For the team, I just d- didn't think Vollock, you know, could could make the roster. You know, when you just look at you know ninety three onwards to twenty twenty, it's tough to, to put a guy like him on yeah. the team. You know,
1: yeah, his numbers, his 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 good seasons, and he had a couple of good seasons. Yeah, he had, had some there. decent
0: years, but you know,
1: he had some you kind know, good, good years, but they were all can't have the one
0: high goal high. outweigh everything else. You know, no, he
1: was he was a he was a part time player by the time he got to your era there, so. Uh, but in the era that I was looking at here he had some he had some good he had some good numbers and took two hundred and forty nine points in three hundred and ninety six games, especially the last two years and then he only had like thirty points in the two seasons. So um, you know, he had his he had he was he was almost I think he was almost three quarters of a point player at one point, um you know, and early on when they first brought him over. So uh but when he played for Al, he was he was a different player um early on in his career for uh,
0: Alright, so before we move on to the D, any any other forwards that uh, stick out to you that you you're surprised didn't make that list for you?
1: Um I'm no, sure somebody's listening really. right now and
0: saying somebody, but, you know, again, this, yeah, you know,
1: I mean, it's so Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Tchaikovsky had some decent years. He had a couple of 30-goal years. Uh, and I got a list of know, honorable mentions good, I'll get good.
0: to after I do the rest of the positions, but, you know, some guys yeah, that I would have loved um, to have squeezed in there, but, you know, I just couldn't, you know.
1: Yeah, Reichel's another guy. You know, he had a, he had a good run for, 100, what, 150, 160 games. Um, he was almost a point-of-game player, so, Yeah. No, I have to go. What you did so far, I, I can't. I can't. Other than thinking Bailey should definitely be on the list, but I don't think I can say anything else about it. All
0: right. Well, Bailey's the Bailey's the thirteenth forward. How about that? <laughs> He's the thirteenth forward for the twenty two man roster. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the D. Now here we go. First pair: Darius Kasparaitis and Vladimir Malakov.
1: That is my. Such a great pairing. Yeah,
0: I mean, you want to talk about just the perfect combination. Of skill and defense, but not only that, but physical defense. I mean, back when you know the hip check was still an art form, you know, and still an acceptable play in the NHL. Unfortunately, you don't really see it anymore. But I mean, what a fun pair! I mean, a pair of rookies, two Russian kids coming in, part of this Cinderella story in '93. Darius Kasparides, Vladimir Molokov. You know, one's tall, tall and skinny; one's short and stocky. <laughs> you know, two completely different roles, and they gelled. Perfectly, and I just remember what a joy it was to watch those guys out in the ice, man.
1: No, forget it. Casparitis with the Picasso of the hip check, man. He just was, uh-huh. it was an art form to him. I remember the first time I saw him do it live, and I was like, "Holy shit, look at this guy!" Yeah, I couldn't believe it. He's like a missile, bro. He would stick his ass out, and literally <laughs> just, like right. a, he had like radar, and would bury it in the in the hip of. Whoever was trying to get past him, and he would literally blast. He was blasting guys, and it would infuriate them. He's going for my knee. I can't describe it. I can't how many years in the NHL. I don't think he blew out anybody's knee during his entire career.
0: I I think you're right. I mean, look. I mean, just this is obviously top of the head thinking here, but I mean, he he was, he did it, and he did it hard, but uh, he did it clean. You know. Yep. And I mean you talk about the the heroes of that 93 playoff series and and how do you not talk he about him in that series against the Penguins with Mario Lemieux? He Lemieux,
1: infuriated Lemieux that yeah. series. He literally he was all over him. He was all over him. It it was it was a thing of beauty. very
0: well ago. under his skin.
1: Yes. Oh, he was he was he was completely in Lemieux's head. He wasn't even on the ice and Lemieux was thinking about
0: him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Lemieux was going home and having nightmares. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. And he was he was punching him. He was roughing him up. He was knocking him over. He, he, and he was half his and height. He just,
0: and that was what I loved about him too. Oh, yeah. He didn't care who you were, what your stature was, you know, size wise or, you know, just you know, uh, name wise in the league. He didn't he did not yeah. give a shit. You know, he just no, went out there, did his job up. and nobody the intimidated the name, him What's that? The bigger
1: the name, the more fun he had. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was such a fan favorite. You know, he was one of those heart and soul fan favorites. One of the first ones for me that I kind of witnessed. Right. I mean, you go over the years and you got him. You got Steve Webb and Matt Martin, you know, certain guys like that. I'm sure I'm leaving a few out here. But like, I think he was the first like, you know, real fan favorite that I experienced as a fan you know when uh when i was younger and just the way everybody i mean the the, the place would go bananas whenever he lit somebody up whether you were whether you were in the building watching or whether you were watching on tv um it was always just uh such a such a pleasure to see and i was so bummed out when they traded him for smolensky
1: that yep. damn yeah. milbury best. It, it was a mistake it was yeah. a mistake and and to this day Mil- milbury will tell you that that's, that's the one trade he absolutely regrets making
0: wow yeah i think i remember hearing that actually now that you mention it yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean Smolinski never lived up to to whatever I I guess Milbury thought he was going to be. You know, I mean he he, he I don't think he ever, you know, put up more than like 46 points in a season with the Islanders. I mean, and it, it, it actually surprised me because, you know, he he played so much with Reichel and, and Pofey, and you obviously know the the numbers that Pofey was putting up and I think Reichel was more or less in the 60s with his points and, you know, for what somehow Smolinski was only in the 40s for the couple of years that he played there with those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he was miserable here. He wanted, he wanted out. Uh, he ended up, he ended up going in the trade. If I'm not mistaken, he was traded uh, in the Poppy trade to, to L.A. to L.A. Yeah, he just he he wanted out so bad that right. he, he convinced Milbury to, to 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 trade him along. And the Islanders were looking to get rid of salary any way that they possibly could, so they put every dollar they could in that trade, and uh, and just had L.A. just piling on, you know, picks and and prospects uh, yeah. coming back. So. And that
0: brought Oli Okenen back. He was the main piece
1: of that trade. And who knows what kind of
0: islander he would have been if he wasn't dealt the next day. I'm exaggerating here, but (laughs)
2: you know. And this is
1: and here's and here's the funny part. Milbury didn't even want Oli Okenen. Right. Milbury wanted Scott Barney. That was the guy. Scott Barney wanted as a center. Scott Barney. Who the the hell is that? Go look him up. He had one good year and then he had back problems and he, he was gone from the NHL after a couple of years. But that was the guy who So he
0: settled him. for Jokinen. He, <laughs> you
1: know, the NHL told him, you have to take take What? The NHL told him, you have to take take there's no way you can make this trade a trade because they knew it was a salary dump. Right. Because, you know, right. because the first, the original, the original trade was, well, was it's that gonna go to the Rangers right? wanted to trade Poppy, once to the Rangers. Yeah. Wanted to, they wanted to trade him to the Rangers. Milbury leaked the deal to the press in order to get it squashed.
2: Ah. Uh,
0: that was so he went one back of the few smart things and, that Milbury did.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, one of the only smart things that he did. So, <laughs> so Milbury ends up he ends getting back to the table, and he gets LA, and nobody really wanted Palfi because they didn't want to take on all the salary. They wanted, you know, they they wanted the player. They liked the player, but they didn't. They knew that they couldn't trade any salary back, and not a lot of teams were involved. Bettman ends up getting LA involved to pull this trade off because they wanted Palfi out there. They had picks, they had prospects, they yeah. wanted to make the trade. So. So Millbury goes to L. A. and tells him, "Okay, I'll take the first round pick. I'll take Biron. I'll take this. I'll take that. Whatever." They make, you know, they put this whole package together, and then it turns around and Bettman says, "No, you can't take Barney. You have to take Jokinen." And he's like, "Well, I don't want Jokinen." And he said, "And they said you have to take Jokinen. He was, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's a top prospect. Barney is, is more." Uh, what was the word that they were looking at? There was, was more risk involved with Barney than there was with Jokin. And you huh. have to take the play. Uh, you know, they won't allow the trade to go through if, it, if it's not for Jokin.
2: So Ooh, he took shit. Jokin,
1: and he had him for the year, and then that's why they ended up trading him a year later. I did not know that.
2: Yeah. They, I
0: did they, not did know not that. And that, that is quite quite a bit of meddling from the league, huh? I mean, I get... Yeah. I mean, look, and, and they did it for the benefit of the Islanders, so, you know, I mean, I guess in a small part you say thanks, but... Uh, I'm surprised that they would get that much involved, but but I do know that you know they do make sure that there there's at least some you know uh, semblance well, just, of balance, or at least said, at least the the yeah, an optic of of balance, you know.
1: Yeah, well, they just basically told them, "Look, you can't make this." You're not. They they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were against. They were against the ownership trying to to get the you know the the, the salary off the off the books. Right. So. But he was like, no, absolutely not. You, you have to take Jokin. and they made him take huh. him, and he didn't want him, and that's why he traded him a year later. Well, I learned something
0: new tonight, Tony. Thanks, pal. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Very cool. Yeah, and
1: they can tra- what? Play, what played one year with the Islanders, right? And he was traded for the Panthers for Kavasha and uh, and uh, and Paris, right?
0: That's right. With Roboito Luongo.
1: Right. That's after he right. Got after after he got DiPietro. which is another whole. Freaking story
0: about the Milbury. go on about that for half an hour. We could dedicate a whole show to the Millbury era. And maybe, you know what? Maybe we should. If if we really want to torture ourselves, <laughs> we could have a if, show. If you want to hear
1: me curse for two hours, talk yeah,
0: about the ups and downs. Yeah, well, save it, buddy. Save it because we may need it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a long off season. It's, it's going to be a long mm-hmm. off season. So maybe, maybe Third that'll be 10. another show for us to look forward to, for our self hate show. <laughs> Talk about Millberry for ninety sure. minutes, sixty yeah. minutes. Why
1: don't to Tony, freak out? Let's go on. Let's I kind of do. Milbury's
0: that cool. might be entertaining.
1: Oh, it would—it'll be entertaining because I, I can—I can go on all day about that
0: guy. Well, funny enough, pal. Moving on to the second D pairing after that long tangent we just went on, are two products of the Mike Milberry era, and that is Kenny Johnson and Adrian O'Coin. That is my second D pairing. Two very good picks. Two very good picks. Come on, pal. You had
1: better D. You had definitely had better D to work with to than I did. I think so.
0: I think so. Yeah, and you
1: had, you had better day to work with, because I, I couldn't use Potvin or you know or or any of the guys from that. You know, I, I taking Thomas Johnson was was like <laughs> that, that was almost cheating. Well, way. The only reason right. I had to take him was because he played more years after that. But did, this, this the scary thing before. is
0: though, buddy, is that you know once I get through this list of D here. And, you know, maybe I, I had a couple of honorable honorable mentions, and, and maybe you, you could make a small argument for some of the guys in the current squad, which which I did not go with, so there's a spoiler. Just because, again, they're, I just feel like their palette is a little too empty still, you know? A
1: little young. A little young, young
0: so. But, buddy, I had, well, how many years? I mean, you're talking 93, 2000. You got seven years there, and then another 20. I had 27 years to choose from. And you would think I'd have even more defensemen to choose from in 27 years. Yeah.
1: But it's, it's, you had, a, you had a, a little bit of stretch there.
0: It, it was. It, I just made it. <laughs> I just made it, to be honest I, with
1: you. I'm going to be interested to use on the third pairing.
0: Here is your third pairing. Here is your third pairing. On the left side, Mark Streit. On the mm-hmm. right side, Roman Hammerlick.
1: Good boy. I like it.
0: So that is your six Very defensemen: good. ninety-three to current, Kasparidis, Molikov, Kenny Johnson, Adrian Acoin, Mark Strite, Roman Hamerlik.
1: Excellent, I agree with. I, I can't argue with any one of those guys. Right, Hamerlik had a really Hamerlik was solid, bro. He was awesome. He was awesome. One hundred and fifty-three points in three hundred games with the Islanders, definitely.
0: Well, not only that, Tony, but he never really had the benefit of playing with either guy, as in Kenny Onsen or Adrian O'Coin. Those guys were locked together. Yeah. And Roman right. Hammerlick, he was playing with guys like Dick Tarnstrom. You remember that? You remember Dick Tarnstrom? Yeah. And I Marco Kippershoff, what a nightmare that guy was. He was part of that D. <laughs> and you know who else was on that D? Just just a, just a an Islander honorable, honorable mention. Not so much for, for either of these lists, but Radek Martinek, pal. He was part of that defense. Radek
1: Martinek, yes, he was. Now, four hundred games
0: for the Islanders, if you think about it, right? No, yeah, yeah. He, and he was, he was like the the defenseman that would never go away. <laughs> he kept coming yeah. back. They even he went to Columbus for a little while. He came back, and then he he would be like the emergency guy if they had some had some injuries. Radic Martinez had a long, extensive Islander career when none of us knew who the hell he was when he came to the team back uh, back in those those two th- early two thousand years with under Milbury. But he was a good soldier, right. man. He was a good soldier. Yes, he was. But yes, Roman hammerlick was. was a great defenseman on this team, and again, he did it. You know, I think that at least the first year or two, uh, you know, with a kind of rotating, you know, pairing. You know, whether it was Dick Tarnsham or whomever, until they brought in Yanni Niedema, uh, What was it a year or two later? Nenema, oh my Yanni Nenema. Yanni. And I mean, you look I was at so
1: on paper, by
0: right? Because you look at those top four D. I mean, who you know. You could you could definitely make an argument for who had the best top four D in the league back then when you look at Janssen, O'Coin, Hammerlick and, and Needham I mean, that's a deep top four. All guys
1: who yeah, not only Ninema's dangerous his his game went to shit when he
0: came here. Yeah, unfortunately he was he, he, a, he wasn't the defenseman was a solid D. Right. Yeah, he he was such wasn't such the guy a, we all yeah. expected him to be. I also don't think he was as bad as a lot of people complained about. I think he was somewhere well, in between. He but he was. He was. But I mean, you know, you on paper. And just because, also, how versatile all those guys were—they were both two-way offensive defensemen who were also responsible defensively. They were very well-rounded defensemen. There really wasn't much weakness to them. You know, again, if you, right. if you want to talk about Nenema a little bit there, but I mean, just just I mean, and you remember the minutes that those guys logged under Laviolette. I mean, Adrian Cohn barely came off the ice, and Kenny Onsen wasn't far behind them. I mean, I, there were games where you felt like only those three guys were <laughs> on the ice for that team. You know, right, right. Yeah, definitely. So there you go. That is your six defenseman. Now, goaltending, I gotta tell you, pal, had a hard time with goaltending when mm-hmm. you go back from ninety-three to now. Now, you know, maybe your first inclination when you include a year like ninety-three, you think about Glenn Healy. And you certainly, you know, cannot discount what he did in that ninety-three run. But again, full body of work. I, I just, you know, you look at all, not all the, right, not, not that impressive, and just all the goaltenders that, that you've had since then. And, and I think this is this is the category where you're going to have a lot of people with different opinions because, you know, they did have some good goalies over the years. I think you can make arguments for different guys. I mean, look, Glenn Healy, Chris Osgood, Yaro Halak. You even have to throw Thomas Grice in there, even though he was only expected to be a backup. But how do you discount that, you know, 2016 year, right? We talked about mm-hmm. that last week you know, taking them into the second round for the first time in forever, since 93, right? right? Right. And Robin Leonard with the year he had last year. I know it was one year, one and done, but, you know, it's hard not to discount it. And look, for all the flack that Rick DiPietro got, he did have a couple of good years before the injuries just completely. He
1: had a couple of very good years.
0: Right. He did. He did. And, you know, it's – you know, a lot of people don't wanna acknowledge that because you again full body of work <laughs> and then you start to, to grumble a little bit. So I had a little bit of a hard time with this and, and you know I put names in here and in there. Now I'm gonna go with, you know, starter backup here. And I'm not gonna pick like two starters, so to speak. You know what I mean? So that okay. made that made the backup position a lot easier for me. And I went with Thomas Grice. I think okay. as a backup. I
1: think that he's probably been the best backup. That I think Islanders he's
0: had been had the best backup sure. that the Islanders had. Now, some people might, if you, <laughs> you want to get over the, his stint as general manager, you might throw Garth Snow into the conversation as, as a, one of the better backups since then. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: I mean, that tandem of him and Osgood wasn't, wasn't so bad, you know, for that nope. time. I agree. So, I agree with you. So when you want to talk about starters, I, I did for a minute think about Di Pietro. I did. You know, I tried to i, t- I tried to maintain a, a balanced a opinion on it and throw out, you know, the the injuries and the carelessness and all that kind of thing. And, you know, maybe if he was able to stay healthy. Well, no, not maybe. If he was able to stay healthy and, you know, I mean, not
1: If he would have been able to stay healthy, he would have been the best goaltender of this organization would have
0: had. Yes. Yes. At least in this time period we're talking about. Yeah. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not what happened. That that's not the body of work. He had a couple of good years. He put up some great numbers. So I think this pick is going to be controversial. But again, it's it's also you know because of time put in, and it ends up actually being a goaltending tandem. But I think my starter is Yarrow Halak. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go with Osgood. Maybe maybe another day I pick Chris Osgood, but. I think I'm gonna go with Halak. For this for this particular I'm squad.
1: I'm I'm a little surprised at that. I'm a little surprised at that.
0: Well, you're 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 free to you're free to tell me why I'm wrong.
1: No,
2: I'm not saying Pick somebody I mean, else. You know, who who would you put I, there?
1: The only guy who I could I could probably make an argument about and, and I know it was towards the end of his career, but he was very solid for the hours, and that's Kenny Nabokov.
0: Yeah, no. No, I thought about him too. And 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 I get it. I do. I do, but again, like you said, it was towards the end of his career, and and God, we we know what that last year or so that he had was was did not look good for him, you know. No,
1: it was it was that the, it was started with the playoffs um, against Pittsburgh, which, um, you know that the um, that that wonderful series against Pittsburgh they ended up losing, right? But that season, that whole season, he was outstanding. You know, it just he really, literally, just fell off. Late he had a good year. He and, had a
0: good year, and like and he here's was the
1: really, thing: really, really good.
0: You know, Tony, this isn't. You know, we joked about the defense before, but here's another position where, you know, if you're if you're weeding out guys who who didn't really spend a lot of time with this team, or just like having a consistent starter, the, the, your choices are really limited, man. I mean, think of the carousel does, of goaltenders; bad. these guys oh, went, oh, bro, it
1: was Dwayne rollison Marty Biron,
0: JF Baruby. Al Montoya, John Van Beesbrook, Felix Potvin. Think of all these yep. goaltenders that came in and out of this organization since then, right? I mean after yeah,
1: yeah, the after to- after Oh, you know who I, first first I
0: forgot? You know who I forgot who didn't even cross my mind, probably because of the error he played in? Tommy Sallow. Uh
1: he's on my he's on another list that we were uh, that, that we Tommy uh, Sallow. We Tommy Sallow. Yep. Salah probably deserves consideration in that spot. I think consideration yeah, is year. fair.
0: Consideration is fair, but ultimately, I think he falls short. And 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 you know, a, a product. He's probably a product of the team in front of him too, to a degree, because he had some decent years in Edmonton, right? After that, didn't he? Was a big part of that uh, that cup run for Edmonton, wasn't he? Yeah, he's uh,
1: yeah. Simon Salah was a very good goaltender was a very yeah. good goaltender.
0: Yeah, I almost, I almost completely forgot about him. And it's funny. Before him, yeah, you had that's Tommy that's Soderstrom. That's you about. had Eric Fischel. I mean, the list goes Eric Fischo, on and you had on. Kevin Weeks. Kevin Weeks, right? And there's, there's mm-hmm. more. I mean, the, the amount of goaltenders this team had, particularly during the Millbury era, Oh, well, even into the Snow era, but the amount of goalies that this squad had from from '93 on is just, it's, it's amazing. That, that is quite the list. One, we might have to compile that list one day. <laughs> have some, but I would Chris Terreri, I would actually, yeah, short yeah, stint with Chris Terreri, Terreri. Terreri. He played, I think he backed up Van Beesbrook during that short stint. Um, oh, no, yeah. No, 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 no. That was the deal. Didn't they swap he, Van Beesbroek for Terreri? Was, so, that, so, yeah, that, um, okay. so that Van Beesbroek could have a shot at a cup with the Devils?
1: Yep. hmm Yeah, they wow. did him a solid. They traded Van beesbrook to the Devils. They took Chris My Terreri God. back. He was at the end of his career. Mike Dunham. Uh, he actually played, Wade he actually played well with the Islanders.
0: Yeah, he was I, all right.
1: He the the, the Allen's one year uh they had uh, Healy, uh it was Healy, Mark Fitzpatrick, right? I think Fitz, I think Healy had uh I think Healy had sixteen wins. I had I think Fitzpatrick had eleven wins and Steve Weeks
2: had Steve nine Weeks.
1: Wins. Remember Steve Weeks? He had yeah. those white pads, remember? He had those You little, know who else just popped pads. in my head? Jamie McLennan. Jamie McLennan, uh, uh, bro, we, I remember one year they, they had to go like three, four deep. They had uh, they had to call up Danny Lorenz and George Maniluk, right? I mean, they, I, I can remember goalies like coming out of the world. Remember Kevin Poolin came of up course. they were like, wow, this kid's going to be great. And oh, sure.
0: Mika and Keprasov, and Anders Nielsen.
1: Now, uh, Mika Keprasov Mika played for Calgary.
0: Oh, not sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Mika Kiprusoff. Um, who am I thinking of? That that? Oh, Mika Koskinen. I'm sorry, not Mika Kiprusoff. Mika Koskinen. Mika
1: Koskinen, Miko Koskinen w- played in the uh, in the famous Fight Night game uh, against Pittsburgh. What? No. Yeah. That,
0: the fight. No, that was the game. Wasn't that the same game that Rick Pietro got his face busted in?
1: No. No. Yeah, Pietro got his face busted in, and that was the reason they had the Fight Night game two weeks later.
0: Oh, okay okay, 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 okay. I was I was blending I them together. Okay, I
1: got you. I was actually I actually covered that game. I was in the press box that night. Uh-huh. I was in the locker room after the game. After that that bloodbath, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I will. That is a night I will never forget, bro. That was unbelievable. I know Arthur Staples just did a whole thing mm-hmm. on that game from that night, but oh my god, what a what a game! It was a whole leading up. Oh, I series. remember. You knew there were going to be fireworks, but, bro, I took a, I still have the picture. I took a picture of the bench midway through the third period of like six guys on it.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Zen and Kanopka led that whole thing <laughs> from what yes, I from what I gather. <laughs> he was yep. he was the ringleader behind that. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes,
1: he was. Yeah, he he was also picked. chose an awful goal
0: song for the team then, too, but, you know, whatever. He
1: what are you going to do? Live is life.
0: Yeah, that was that was a poor choice.
1: I wouldn't yeah, have chosen that. well, That's, I that's my opinion. Yeah, well, I, oh, I know you wouldn't have chosen
0: <laughs> So, so who who would your goalie have been, pal? Who would have been your starting goalie for that for '93 until now?
1: Um, Chad
0: Johnson. Uh, yeah, Chad Johnson.
1: <laughs>
0: that's another one.
1: No, that would have been a good one, Chad yeah, Johnson. Um, would you choose
0: again? I <laughs> went with a lock. And again, it was
1: well, tough. We, I, it was. I, it was tough. Yeah, Halak is the only problem I have with Halak is that you know during his ten, during his tenure, he got sent down. You know, like uh, it got to the point where things were so bad they they literally farmed him out. So
0: yeah, well, um, you know, I also wonder how much management was at fault for that than than Yaro himself. I mean, who knows? You know,
1: well, he's, he was he, listen. He wasn't playing well at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it wasn't a, he wasn't happy with the fact that he wasn't you know that there were the three goaltenders and you know there was a whole there was a whole thing that was well on again that was management stuff. but yes yeah, no, I, you're you know, a professional I've
0: raised, I've, you're not supposed to sulk but
1: right just you know you know get out there and play and, and do your thing so right you know I, but I, I
0: especially when I, you get I'm, to the conclusion of that whole thing it was like what the hell were they doing that whole time why in the name of God did they even have to go through that. That whole yeah, three headed goal thing.
1: No, they and, it, and look, it was the whole thing about, you know, thinking I, I look I, I don't I don't know the reasoning behind it. I know they love JFR Ruby, you know, they <laughs> only,
0: honestly, only to else. deal him to Vegas. <laughs> or or yeah, make and, a deal to have him drafted by Vegas, however you want to put it.
1: Yeah, and and, and, and let's be and let's be honest here, you know, um, Nobody else seems to really like Jeff Ruby, so you know that's
2: <laughs> Right. Yeah, you know, I don't think he's.
1: Right. I don't think he's played in, in the NHL since. Um, but that being said, be that as it may, um, if I, I, I have, I have a hard time making the case for Halak over DiPietro, and I'll tell you why. Because if DiPietro had played, was healthy, and played during the Halak years, I feel like he would have. But he wasn't. Been no, I understand, I understand that. I understand that. But going by the numbers even when we played and, you know, throwing out the years that he was injured, obviously, and wasn't the goaltender he was, but if you go back to those years where he was an all-star and, you know, and that... that Halak was uh, an all-star too? Year that he did lead in, Wasn't he? What's that?
0: Didn't Halak get an all-star bid his first year?
1: Um, I think he did. Did he make an all-star too? You, you keep talking. I'm going to look it up. All right. But going back to and i remember that that first round loss to, to Tampa Bay that, that team was just a dynamo um Pietro played fantastic in that series they believe really, they shut out in that series um yes he was named really, to the 2015
0: really well. all-star game his, his first year that yeah okay. when they went on the run when they went you know it was the same the same year they went seven games with the caps he he went to the all-star game that year
1: okay so I, I I just I, I have a I would have a hard time. I, and this is just my opinion, obviously. I would have a hard time giving as an injury
0: I replacement. Over. I guess I got to give you that. He he went as an injury replacement, but he still went.
1: No. okay. But uh, I, I would have a hard time um, picking Halak over DiPietro. Pietro.
2: Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, I just I feel like I can see why you did it. I yeah. just I couldn't do it. Okay, that's fine. Again, you know. I tried to throw out, you know, fan loyalties or even like player loyalties to the team. I mean, look, you know, despite the the rough go that D Pietro had, I mean, that guy bled blue and orange. I mean, there is no question about yeah. it. He, he loved was. being an Islander and he, he did everything that he could and and look, it's so terrible what happened with his career. Now, was he a little irresponsible? Maybe. But you know, he loved the team. He loved being a part of it. He signed that contract. He was happy to be here. And, look, Charles, we've, I'm sure we've talked about it on one show years ago, but, you know, Charles Wong rolled the dice on a very risky contract back then, and and literally Murphy's Law took over, and anything and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And if—, if I mean,
1: It wasn't if, really—if you think about it, it wasn't really risky. Other, You know, I mean, Di Pietro had played— Well— You know, had never yeah. really been hurt you well, know no team were doing those It was risky
0: years. because of the lengths Tony and and it ended up yeah. blowing up in his face in the exact worst way possible. Where he had right. he ended up with career hindering injuries to the point where he was. They were still trying to play him, and he just didn't have it anymore. And it was costing them games. It was costing them points. And I'm sure it wasn't good for the locker room either. When the guy just, just and that, he just, and, that's just well, and, and it's more than anything. Well, it's it's a combination. Look, I don't want to make this the D'Pietro discussion now, but look, the guy was given a 15 year contract and. When when I remember when he first signed it, you know, saying, okay, if he becomes the goalie that we all think he's going to be, four and a half mil is going to look like an absolute steal when you get into exactly. the middle of his contract. So, again, you get right. it. You understand why you roll the dice. But I remember saying it to myself and, and other, you know, friends of mine then, you know, fans talking about it and saying, but... If he ends up with some kind of lingering injury, something like that, that contract is gonna be an absolute albatross. And that is exactly
1: what Exactly happened. what it turned out to be. Exactly. Yes. But you know, you also you also remember that and, and you know, at that time nobody was giving out nobody had given out a contract like that before. You know, you had Yashin's deal, which was what, seven years? Ten. Or eight years. Ten. It was ten years. Pekkas right, right? was seven.
0: Pekkas was seven. I said Mike Pekkas was seven. Right. seven.
1: If I remember correctly, I was Yashin's was and, 10. And, and Yashin's was 10. And, and Wong wanted to know, go
0: 15 with Yashin too, I believe. And it was Milbury who stepped in and said, no, 10.
1: Yeah, well, because yes, I, 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 do, I do remember that. But he wanted it to be like a lifetime contract. Right? They wanted to do the 15-year deal. And just remember that after that, those deals started to become popular to the point where the NHL stepped in and put it in as part of the collective bargaining agreement.
0: Right, because they so got out of control.
1: Years. Right, because... Zach Parise and, and,
0: and Suter are still on those contracts up in Minnesota. Well, 12,
1: 12 years, 12 years. 12-year deals. Crazy. They signed matching 12-year deals.
0: Right, I remember.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wong, so Wong set that, the precedent. That,
1: that, yes, he did. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, it, it, it sounded crazy at the time, but yet other organizations said, hey, you know what, this isn't such a bad idea. Give the guy a long term deal. and." Man. Get them locked up, and you get them you get them in a little bit of a lower contract bid than you, you'd have to pay otherwise, and uh, you know it works out to be a better deal. Yeah, and you so saw the Colville Chuck deal, a,
0: obviously, and then didn't yeah. Jeff Carter sign a deal like that with Philly back then
1: too? Yeah, Carter's deal was like maybe Carter and Richards actually. Yeah, if yeah I remember both of them right. Them. Yeah, both. Yeah, Richards deal. Like Richards. Richards deal actually. Uh, Mike Richards' deal got voided after he was arrested. <laughs>
0: Crossing the border.
1: For drugs. Yeah, with the drugs. That was what. But uh, that
0: was by the time they him were him both him. with L.A., right? Didn't they both go to L.A., and that happened while he was with the Kings?
1: I thought. Um, uh, Carter, yeah, Carter was traded from Philly to Columbus. Right, and, and then, then he LA ended up with L.A. Him. Right, and L.A. got him from there. I think L.A. Didn't Richards end up with L.A., was.
0: too? I might yes, be
1: wrong. They both ended up with yes, L.A. Yes, I thought. Yes, they did both end up with L.A. And Richards, I think Richards was there. Richards got traded there, and then ended up try- get you know, convincing the team to, to acquire Carter. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, but that, yeah, Richards' deal—the only reason that they're not still paying that deal is because they voided it because of uh, right because of the arrest.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, that.
1: They ended up. They ended up voiding the deal, and uh, that was really the end of him. You know, I think he came back and played for Washington for a couple of weeks. Or something yeah, yeah. It was avoided, and then he just... That was Disappeared. But, yeah. Yep.
2: All
1: yeah.
0: right. So, yeah, I'm not going to say there's not an argument for DiPietro, but again, you know, I just feel like because his career ended up getting stunted the way it did and it didn't turn out the way it really should have, you know, I mean, right. it's just hard for me to give him that, you know, to give him that... Uh, it's,
1: it's definitely an argument that can be made for both sides. It's an argument to keep him off the list. It's an argument to keep put him on the list. Yeah um for me personally i mean and I, and I was and you know and we talked about this you know you and i many times that i was i was a huge ricky fan i love i love di pietro i love the fact that he was so devoted to this organization it broke my heart that what happened to him but um you know i i just you know what what he did in in his early on in his career and you know his dedication and, and everything and you know what happened to him was not you know, obviously it was not his fault. It just it just ended up being the way that it was. But uh, I felt that his early on career was you know, he this he was from from the time that we're talking about till 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 now, pretty much, he was probably the best goaltender that this organization has had.
2: All right. Well, I I
0: gotcha. I just I just feel like I <laughs> I gotta you know, throwing any sort of bias aside, I just feel like, you know, Halak had a steadier tenure and he was actually the starting goaltender for a consistent amount of time, <laughs> you know. Right. And again, the the right. pickings are slim. You know, like Di Pietro, Halak, and Osgood, and I guess Tommy Salo, Right. Who else is there? Who else yeah, is there? That's pretty much it. Bro. And and, and it the really truth is, is Osgood good. Osgood's tenure wasn't that long either.
1: It was what two years? Osgood year was, and a half. Two years. That was it. He was traded. He was he was traded at the deadline the year after they got him.
0: Yeah, it was either the year or the year after because he played in the series, obviously against Toronto, and then they played. Right, they played Ottawa the next year, right? Or was it Tampa? I know they played the three years in a row. It was it was um, Toronto, Ottawa, and Tampa.
1: But I mean, no, they
0: they had they they had had it was Ottawa the second year because Laviolette was still the coach, so they still had.
1: And Snow played.
0: I don't know if Snow played against Ottawa. Did he? Was that the year they traded Osgood, or was it, I think it was the next year? The next, it was the third year against Tampa where Snow and D'Pietro was the tandem. I'm pretty sure Osgood was still playing net for them the the following year against. Ah. I might be wrong. I might be wrong.
1: You keep talking, I'll look that.
0: All right. So either way, you know, you, you look at Osgood because he was part of that resurgence, right? You know, for the, those two thousands teams and he, but again yeah he was well I mean what a story right they end up plucking him off of waivers because Detroit goes out and gets Hoshik so they have you know too many goalies they end up having to you know just get rid of the guy for nothing Islanders are lucky enough to be first on the waiver wire and Milbury's like thank you very much and you know what again maybe maybe this is part of the Milbury show if we ever have it but he Milbury had himself quite the summer you know, to resurge that, I mean, obviously it was short-lived. It didn't go as, as far as we would have wanted. And I still argue to this day if the Islanders had a gotten out of that series against the Toronto Maple Leafs that they could have went to the finals. I still believe I that. I still believe that I wholeheartedly. You. But, um, you know, I mean, he gets what, – what a haul he gets that summer, right? Chris Osgood, Adrian O'Coin, Alexi Ashen, Mike Pekka. Your top two centers, your starting goaltender, and a top pairing D all-in-one summer, almost all-in-one draft weekend. Pretty impressive. And, I mean, say what you want about Milbury. Look, we, we all know his his full-body work is not something to look back on fondly. But, you know, that gave a, that gave Islander fans, that summer, gave Islander fans a lot of hope for the first time in a very long time.
2: Yep. Uh,
1: yes, uh, Osgood was only with the Islanders for um, 18 months.
0: So then the following trade deadline, he was traded for Justin Papineau. To the St. Louis Blues.
1: 2003. Yep. 2003. A 30 years That old, worked out well. <laughs> he played 66 games with the Islanders in 2001, 2003. That he is... played 37 with them.
0: That is the still one of the most, I would say, critical trades ever made in Islander history. And not. I don't think too many people look back on it that way. I mean, look, you look at the Butch Goring deal, you look at the Pat LaFontaine trade, I'm sure there's some others that stand out for people. But... Mike Millberry sat down in his office one day, and I'm kind of just painting a picture here. I don't know if this is actually true <laughs> verbatim, but he sat down one day and made a decision, right? who, Which goalie am I hanging on to? Am I going to hang on to Chris Osgood, or am I going to hang on to Garth Snow? Who, who do I want mentoring Rick DiPietro? Who do I want being in a tandem with Rick DiPietro? And, you know, maybe somebody knows the reasons. Maybe you know the reason, Tony. I don't. But for whatever reason... Mike Millbury decided to trade Chris Osgood and hang on to Garth Snow, and mm-hmm. you know I thought it was the wrong move at the time. You know I would have much rather held on to Osgood. You know I thought that would have been a pretty pretty exciting tandem to watch Osgood and mm-hmm. DiPietro for however long until DiPietro took over the reins. You know full time, but mm-hmm. but now looking back, look at look at the the history, look at the the line of, of, of the timeline that was paved. Because of that decision that Mike Milbury made, because if he doesn't make that call, if he if he you know gets rid of Snow, whether he deals him, waves, and whatever the hell you want to you want to do, and he decides he'd rather keep Osgood, Gar Snow never becomes the general manager of this organization. Nope, that never happens. We don't know who ends up being the jam. I mean, who knows? It could have been somebody worse. <laughs> who knows? Who knows what what name Charles Wong would have picked out of a hat after he canned Neil Smith
2: 40 look, days can, into his look, tenure.
1: Can, and, and all and in all honesty, bro. I mean, we we again, this is another conversation that we've had many, many times on this show, but you know, you can go back and you can you can blast Garth Snow for a million things that he did wrong. But Right. His fingerprints are all over this team and this organization right now.
0: It's true. You can't deny you it. Know?
1: And they you did some very, very, did some very poor things while he was here. <clears throat> but you look at this organization, the trade, the he pulled off trading Griffin Reinhardt, you know, p- picking Matt Barzell, picking, um, you know, Bavillier, picking Ryan Pollock. You know, I mean, do they handle, they handle things very poorly, <laughs> uh, you know, th- throughout time uh, there, um, organizational moves, hirings, this, that, everything else. There was a lot of things that Garcon did that were not great. But you look at this organization, this roster. It's got his hand, his fingerprints all over it. So, you know, um, it would be very interesting to see. But I mean, honestly, I, I don't know specifically, you know, specifically why Milbury chose to trade Osgood and not trade. Um, Gar Snow. But I can tell you that Gar Snow from the minute that he got here was very, very tight with Charles Wong. So would that Love his favorites. Could that have done something to do for that? Could that have had some reason behind it? Yeah. Probably. Now that you
0: put it in that light, Tony, I would not be surprised. Right. I would not be surprised. But either way, that's that's how the history book was written. And that's how and
1: so, and- and Charles had very tight relationships with these guys. I mean, Ricky Pietro used to call him dad, for God's
0: sake. No, to a fault. To a fault. I mean, look,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I didn't know the guy personally, and I've heard conflicting things about him. I've heard people say he was a wonderful guy. Here, some people say he wasn't the greatest guy in the world. I guess it depends on who you talk to. And I, I do believe that he loved the team. I do believe that he wanted the team to win, but I also think that his personal... Feelings got in the way of of having a successful franchise, and I don't think he ever really, you know, grasped that, or he didn't care, you know. And and he I'm sure he, he I'm sure to the benefit respected. of of his players, and and I mean I, they all seem to have a lot of good things to say about him. I, I mean, from what I've heard, he, he he did nothing but treat the players well, which is great. You want to hear that. But the problem is that he just meddled. He meddled way too much. And, I mean, this conversation has been had over and over again, whether, it was, uh, whether it's been us or otherwise. But, I mean, I guess just to put a bone and move on, I, the guy just, you know, put his hands where they shouldn't have been. And, and you look at the, the contrast now from Ledecky and Malkin where they hire somebody who has credentials, who, who has the, the history, who has the history of success, and they say, this is your team, bring us a winner. That's it. Thank you right. very much. We'll give you the money. We'll give you the resources. And the rest is up to you. you do. The rest is up right. to you. Yeah. And unfortunately right. Charles Wong wasn't the type of guy that could do that. And that's right. why we, we have you know, with the history that we've had and I can't wait for fish sticks too. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> I mean, it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. But mm-hmm. um, but anyway. Moving on real quick unless you have anything to say about that team I compiled 93 to now. It seems like you're you're no, more I, or less on board. Yeah,
1: Yep. Yeah, we have, we we discussed my only two
0: questions. Okay, so real quick, I I told you guys at the top of this I decided to take lo- you know different lines and put them together as a team. You know, I just I just figured it would be something fun to do on the side if you, if you had to just pick certain combinations that the team has had. So I did a top 6, I did a third line, fourth line, and then uh, obviously the pairings and and goaltending tandem so with that and i was a little more liberal with my choices you know we talked about the parameters that we had there's one or two guys in here that you might say hey wait a second but whatever i'm having fun so this is it so first line going with the same first line i had Derek king pierre turgeon steve thomas i think that's your first line from 93 until now
2: we talked about those that's
1: your that's your only line That's your line I think that has to be a top line pre- between the Trache Bossy Gillies line all the way through till now. Yeah. I don't think you can argue that that should be that there's any three players that had more offensive success with this organization than those three had uh, during that time here. So right. I, I agree with that. that yeah, talking
0: about, about talking about units? Yes. I think I think that's the way you got to go. So, second line now granted, they were a first line you know during during this line's tenure will say, but I kind of, you know, cheated, made it top six and not literal first line second because the truth is the second line would have been really, really difficult to do. So I went with Thomas Vanek, John Tavares, and Kyle Oposo because for the limited time that those guys were together, they were unstoppable. And if they had had more time together, I think we would have seen a lot more magic weave by those guys. It would have been nice to see those guys together for a longer tenure. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> now, this became because again, I could have dipped right back into to ninety three and, and said, "Yeah, Hogue, Ferraro, and Flatley, right?" If, or, yeah,
1: I mean, I, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have gone that way. I, I, I probably would have said that uh, those Reichel, Palfy, and uh, you would have uh, It's Malinsky You would have. Uh, I, I, I would, I have to only because Reichel and Palfy were just they were just unstoppable. Um, th- that okay. was such a good combination. Right. And, you know, I mean, yes, Tavares, Vanek, and, and, and uh, and Oposo were, 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 very good, but they played 47 games together. I, I, I can't. No,
0: you're right. I know. I saw that. No, I, I was I, like, this I, is I, so wrong, <laughs> but you know what? We're uh, going to make the change uh, on the fly, Tony, because this is, this is good because now all four of my lines will be from, be from a different era. So, okay. so, yeah. this is going to be my phone-a-friend. <laughs> Tony Stabile coming in, and he's making the call. Because, again, I, I mean, I kind of cheated with Vanek there. But, I mean, they, they were just, the the, the the half a season that they were together. Well,
2: they were,
1: they were, they were, they were, they were awesome. magical together.
2: But, yeah. well, they were very, very good.
1: But, All right. I, 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 can't, I can't do it. All right, we'll
0: yeah. make the change on the fly. So, your second line now is Brian Smolinski, Robert Reichel, and Ziggy Poffy. Smoke and fire. They made the cut. <laughs> They're in. Third line. Now this is from another era. And I think this might be one of the more highly touted third lines that this team had. And and it was it was also short lived, but it was it was at least for a, a season or two. And this is during the the uh, early 2000 resurgence. And that is Jason Blake on the left wing, Dave Scatchard in the middle and Jason Weimer on the right wing.
1: That was a very good line. It was a very very good line. Very effective. Scatchard was a 20 goal guy. Jason Blake was, you know, as we discussed before, was a uh, was a really really um, energetic guy with some offensive prowess. Ended up going on to score forty goals, and uh, Jason Weimer was a was just a rough and tumble kind of a guy. So that was a real that was a real solid line at third line.
0: It's uh, it was a sum of its parts sort of thing. I mean, Dave Scatcherd and Jason Weimer never even enter the conversation if we're just you know looking at stat lines right and trying to come right. up with a team, but this that line was a huge part of i mean that was that started the second year under laviolette in fact mm-hmm. it was because toronto banged the islanders around so much in that first round series he he decided he had to they go out and, and get got, jason weimer yeah and jason weimer right, right. to complement that line so that they were a little tougher I mean, mm-hmm. w- what a series that was! But but yeah, so I remember all that. He went out and got Weimer, and and uh, that season those guys were great together. I mean, look, it was just a well defined third line for that time. They yep. did, you know, not only were they tough on the puck, were they were they scrappy and tough to begin with? I mean, and they all did it in different ways, and they all contributed to the score sheet. You know, it was just a really good, good, solid third line. So, right, it, we get a little and- line. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: And no, I was just going to say like, and, and and it's a perfect description because I know it's going to lead into what the fourth line is going
0: to be. The fourth line, current events, folks. We got somebody from the current era, and how, how do you not? Right? And and it's funny because I, I was looking through, you know, the, these old teams and some old players, and some stuck out to me, but there was not a line. No, there was no touted fourth line that this team has had you know, since 93, at least that I can recall. I mean, usually it's makeshift, right? Usually you have maybe one or two key cogs, and you have a rotation of, you know, 13th forwards and guys who are up and down from the AHL or maybe some rookies that come in and get a cup of tea, that sort of thing, you know. So I guess you can throw an honorable mention out to guys like Claude Lapointe and Richard Park. They were great fourth liners for this team, but again, they weren't really part of, you know, one solid three-man line for an extended period of time, at least that I can recall. So a fourth line right. no brainer. We're going current events. You got Matt Martin, Casey is Cal Clutterbuck as your fourth line for the forwards for this team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. There's, there's not been a fourth line. I don't even. <clears throat> I can't. There's not even. There's not even a fourth line that comes even close to those those three, those three guys.
0: Okay, so moving on. Not a lot of deviation on the defense. Actually, my top pairing is still Casper molokov My second pairing is still mm-hmm. Janssen and a coin. But because Mark Strite never played with Roman Hammerlick. I had to change things up a little bit. And I also talked about how Hammerlick never really had a good solid pairing. There was no way I was putting Hammerlick and Tarnstrom on this squad. So, right, right. my third pairing Nick Letty on the left, Johnny Boychuk on the right. What say you, Tony? Um, Who'd I miss? What pairing would you have preferred there? Travis Hamanick and uh, Andy McDonald? <laughs>
1: No, no. Um, even though that was a pretty decent pairing in its day.
0: In its day? Um,
1: yeah. No, they were behind
0: Strite. Who played with Mark Streit? It's escaping me right now. Who played on the right side with Mark Stride? Um You had Viznovsky with Hickey. You had Hamannick and McDonald, right? And then who played with Strite? Like. Me too. Me too. Who played with Mark Strite on a top pair? Was it Jitnik? No, different era. Sorry, that was, that no, was different era. That was it. That was the uh Shatan teams. Jitnik was on that team, right?
1: With right. the, the t- right. right, I think so. They traded. They traded Jitnik for Freddie Meyer.
0: <laughs> That's right, Freddie Meyer the <laughs> fourth. Yeah.
1: Good God, Frederick right. Frederick Meyer the fourth. Um.
0: I can't think of who was who was playing with. Why am I drawing a blank on Straight? Uh,
1: yeah,
0: on yeah I, I lost it. I lost it. I mean, I know there was a time, and I, it wasn't that team, I don't think, but there was a time when Strike did play with Straight, and we all joked about Butch Gore having a ball with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I actually it was opening opening night. Uh, uh, that was. It was, it was, it was opening night they played together, straight and Straight. I think it was, it was the first year that Straight was there, and uh, that was. See, the night I that don't Jackson know. Had he couldn't he couldn't coach opening night because he had uh, gallstones.
0: I don't know if Straight played with with Strite the whole year that season. I, I mean, the no, more I think no, no, no. about it, the more scared I'm going. But but Straight did play in the in the first round against the Penguins. I mean, might that might have been a result of injuries, but. I mean, straight was actually. I remember <laughs> he was the villain. It might have been either the first one of the one of the early losses when when Crosby ended up scoring in overtime. Straight lost him. And he ended up scoring a winner in overtime. That was scarring for me. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sure somebody's like you idiots. It was so and so. I
1: can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I don't. I don't know why Brendan is. Popping it no I
0: know no he was quick. on the Nolan team he was you know yeah. I mean you want to talk about honorable mentions you know whose name who 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 stuck out to me at least for a, a brief minute Tom Pody he had a great Tom, oh, year yeah,
1: one one good season great season got him a contract with Washington
0: that was all Neil Smith buddy yeah that was Neil Smith yeah Man, that was when he brought in Pody Hill right Chris Simon. I know one of these guys, Snow, brought in, ultimately. It might have been Simon. I forget Victor which guy it was.
1: Victor, Ko- Victor Kozlov.
0: Victor Kozlov. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
1: He was great. Yeah, he had a great I year. He had a great year. Yeah. He had a really good year. Yeah. Victor Kozlov. That's right. That was... Uh, that was. Um,
0: what a patchwork
1: team that was. That was. No. It was because you, had, you, you lost your GM for four weeks in the free agency. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well, forget about that. But I mean, it was patchwork just because they signed. I mean, Neil Smith just you know just started working the fax machine. Mike Sillinger too. He was another guy. You had Simon Sillinger, Pody Hill, Kozlov. I mean, it's almost funny to think about you know how how well that team came together in such a short span of time. Right. And again, right. if 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 yeah. D Pietro didn't concuss himself on. What was it Steve Bejan's knee in Montreal? <laughs> they probably would have finished, you know, top four, five, six in the in the uh, in the conference yeah. instead of instead Ryan of the. Smith,
1: when they acquired When they acquired Ryan Smith, he at his press conference at the airport, the one that he cried like a baby. <laughs> right. um, he said, "He goes, I'm going to go play for a cup." He was under the he was under the impression that that team was yeah. talented enough to to you know to to go and play for the cup. I think.
0: They were sitting in sixth place at the time of the deal, and they were maybe like two to four points out of fourth. Like they were right there.
2: Yeah, they, they, were,
1: they were right there. And they then, and was I know we've great. talked about this on the on the show
0: before, but yeah, I'll never forget it because uh, the team had yeah, the team had a lot of promise. Everybody was rallied around, you know, Ted Nolan, and mm-hmm. and then he and went. He got and, Just gotten Ryan Smith, and then Di Pietro thought it was a good idea to go diving at the blue line for a loose puck that he, he didn't have to do. And he got a concussion. He was out. And then Dunham came in. He was awful. Then Dubowitz came in. <laughs> he saved the season <laughs> to get them into the playoffs. Yep. And uh, then they got trounced by Buffalo. Yep. Oh, and Brendan Witt was he another guy they brought in that beat. summer too. Brendan Ooh, Witt, you talk Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt, yeah. So there's yeah. like six guys. Half their D, I think. I think Pody, Hill, and Witt, I think all came in that summer. Mm-hmm. If yep. I remember right. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Wild times. So there's your D. Kasparitis yeah. Molokov, Malakoff, KJ, a coin, Letty, Boychuk. Think we're good there, right? Oh, did you have a Did you yeah. have a difference of opinion for that no. third pairing?
1: No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm I'm good with that.
0: And so again, I kept it with lines, pairings, and tandems. So I went with a tandem for 93 until now. And how do you not go with Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice from last season? I mean, even though Leonard, Leonard had a obviously a Physically one and done.
1: Speaking, but statistically speaking, it's hard to do.
0: Right? I mean, the numbers that they put up, they end up winning the Jennings Trophy. Leonard gets nominated for the Vezina. I mean, was there a better tandem since then? I don't, I think, don't so. think so. I mean, unfortunately, it only lasted a year, but I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: Yeah. I I think you're right, buddy.
0: So there you have it, folks. If we're going by lines, pairings, and uh, and tandem, King Terjean Thomas, Vanek, Tve- oh, no. That's out. <laughs> Smolensky Reichel, and Palfi. Blake, Scatchard, <laughs> Weimer. Martin, Sazikas, Clutterbuck. Kasparaitis, Molokov. Janssen, Coin, Letty, Boychuk, Leonard, Grice. And if you think I'm stupid for coming up with it, let me know. Give me your argument. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it. So with that, Tony, I mean, of course we, we went long again with this one, as, as we do. But are we able to really quickly compile a post-dynasty team now? from your picks and from my picks from post dynasty until now. I mean, who do you got to um, grab? Who do you got to grab from from dynasty to 93? You got to grab Lafontaine, you got to grab Sutter, right?
1: Sutter, Lafontaine, definitely. Uh, Thomas Johnson, you have to I think you got to put Thomas Johnson. All
0: there. right, so who's he replacing on on, on the D? Who's he replacing? Mm. Out of Kasparitis Malakov, KJ Acoin, Strait and Hamrick. Who's who's coming out?
2: Strike.
1: I would say he'd probably take over either Stride or Hamillah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Johnson. Johnson three hundred and thirty-three points with. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't really make an receivers. argument
0: here. It's this is on you.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Thomas here and Thomas Johnson over uh, over Roman Hamillah.
0: Anybody else? Or that's that's your day. You're just taking out Hamillah and putting in Johnson.
1: Yeah. Other than that, on uh, my my D, I mean, you know, I, I can tell you that Tommy Curvers, Rich Pilon, and Jeff Norton are not making the list. Otherwise, so uh, I would say Johnson's the only guy that's got to get the got to got to go in there. Okay. Um.
0: So on Sarto the forwards,
1: LaFontaine, yeah, Sardell Fontaine definitely. Uh, you had per- Shatan uh, comes out easily. For, well,
2: that?
0: well, they're both centers, so it's tough. But I guess we can just. I mean, here's the centers that I had. Terjan Tavares, Yashin, and Barzell. I guess we can take out Barzell because he's he's only had, you know, you made an yes, argument because Sutter, he's had a short stint.
1: Right, Sutter and LaFontaine. Are Come in for Yashin Barzell. and Barzell. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. And I would say LaFontaine maybe goes to the top of that group, right? He becomes your first-line
1: center. Um, yeah, LaFontaine, 566 points in 530 games. Terjan was three forty and two fifty five. Those two, that's one two. Uh, Sutter had six hundred and ten points in six hundred ninety four games. Um, I would probably, yeah, I would probably put it as Lafontaine, Terjan, Sutter, Tavares.
0: Lafontaine, Terjan, Sutter, Tavares. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. There's your centers. There's yeah, because
1: your... I mean, what was what was Tavares's like? Is, Tavares was what a point, just under a point per game.
0: Uh yeah, he wasn't far from it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm I'm
0: comfortable with that.
1: So Tavares and how many games played with, with the Islanders? Just because I don't have the numbers in front of me, so.
0: And you assume I did? Yeah, I actually do. He played 669 games, 621 points. So he played less games than Sutter, and he did put up more points. He put up 11 more points.
1: And the goals were? Uh,
0: Tavares had 272. Sutter had 287.
1: 287 and more games. All right, so then, yeah, maybe put Tavares three and then Sutter four. If
0: you say so, pal.
1: Yeah. Both are captains. Yeah, I was, so I would, right, so I'll go with that. I would say I would say Lafontaine, Turzon, Tavares, um, Sutter. Okay. Left wing. Uh, I, had King, I had
0: King. I had King, and Ferraro, and again I kinda cheated with Ferraro, so
1: Right. Um Yeah, there's nobody on my list that's gonna make that team. King is on my list. Uh, Hogue is on my list. Ferraro is on my list. So, yep, I go with that.
0: All right. Oh, do we put mm, do we put Bailey in there because he actually played wing? I mean, did Ferraro play any wing at all? He just Not played really. center, right? Yeah, so do we got to take Ferraro out of there and put Bailey in. Is there anybody else? <laughs> does, I don't think is, so it, really. is it does Bailey make an all time islander list from post dynasty?
1: Some doesn't feel right about yeah. that. I think he does i well, I mean, how many points does Bailey have?
0: Josh Bailey has four hundred seventy six points in eight hundred and sixty five games, so he's over a point every other game I mean
1: again i mean forty so he's a forty like a forty point player, but if you throw out his first two seasons, you know where he was shouldn't even have been on those teams. You know, right. since then, I mean, if you if you put the if you if you do since then, I mean, the number his his number has got to go up. No, I mean, what do you play? He had to play what seventy games and have or 40, forty points. Or
0: does I don't know? Does Anders Lee? Do you put Anders Lee there instead of Josh Bailey? Or do we just keep cheating and leave Ferraro there? That's <laughs> the left wing. I,
1: don't know why. I mean, look, I mean, this is I don't. Know, it's it's not like this is uh, you know. Standing in the test of time, here it's just—it's just, it's just uh, <laughs> no, it's so, not. I mean, this means reality, nothing reality. at all. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I—I—I I, I, I would put—I would put Bailey there just for just for longevity purposes. But I mean, you could you could make a case for Lee, or you well, could he's see already, there and just say you know Lee's so, actually already so, I mean, there. It was
0: want. it was uh yeah King Hogue Lee, and we're going with Bailey. Is that is that your final I would, answer? I
1: I, I I would say Bailey. I would I would have to say Bailey.
0: All right, I have a feeling that's one of the ones people can have a bone to pick with, but who cares? Probably. We'll leave it there. Josh Bailey. Uh, right wing. Right wing. I had Palfi, Shatan, Flatley, Oposo. Who's on your list that replaces some of those guys? Steve Thomas. Steve Thomas.
1: Okay. Okay. Got to take Shatan spot.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I just you know I didn't want to flood it with too many '93 guys, but I guess if he's the better guy, he's the better guy.
1: I mean, Thomas, two fifty eight and two seventy five. It's he came at one hundred and sixty six points, ninety eight goals, 88 assists, one sixty six. I gotta go. I gotta go. Thomas there. All
0: right, so we're going Palfe, Thomas, and then who are our other two? Palfi, Thomas. Flatley and Oposo? Flatley
1: was 488 and 712. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. There's your right wingers. Now, the defense we already settled pretty much, right? We got Kasper, Malikov, KJ, a coin. I got... Right?
1: Janssen was the only guy I said that... uh,
0: You put Janssen in for for Hammerlick. You wanted Strite, Yeah. Strite and Janssen. Yes. Stride and Janssen. Okay, all right, pal. A Swede and Swiss. Yes, indeed. And all right, goaltending, buddy. What do you got? Does Kelly Rudy make the cut?
1: I think Kelly Rudy's got to make the cut. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kelly Rudy's got to make the cut.
0: You got, you got Rudy. You got D Pietro, you got Halak. I mean, I guess we can throw in Lanner and Grice too. No, Grice is in the conversation. If we're doing backup, Grice if we're if we're doing true to Grice, backup, Grice has got to be the
2: backup.
1: Yeah, Grice is no question, is probably I mean, other than Roland Malanson, who was the backup um to Rudy. Uh during the during the cup years before Rudy, actually that was the reason why they got rid of Roley was because Rudy had come up. Uh Melanson was definitely the best, I, 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 even better than Grice Melanson. because uh, Billy Smith and Rolly Melanson won the uh, the Jennings Trophy together.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and Rolly was was an outstanding backup goaltender, and I would say that he would uh, he would have been the probably the best backup this this organization ever had until Thomas Gryce came. And Grice's numbers are skewed almost a little bit because he's been more of more of a starter than he's been uh, than he's been a backup. You know, if not even, a, you know, not a starter, then a, then a 1B, so... 1B! But Thomas Price is... Yeah. Thomas Price is, is definitely...
0: We'll put him in the backup role.
1: Definitely, but... Um, S- who
0: gets the starter? You got Rudy. Again, Rudy, DiPietro, Halak, Salo. Osgood. Mm. Nabakov. I guess. He threw his name in there.
2: Yeah, no, I... I mean...
1: I think Kelly I and mean, Kelly Rudy is probably a little more Really? Than all those guys. Yeah. I think so. I mean, is D was D Pietro a better goaltender than Kelly Rudy was? Mm-hmm. Probably, but I think Rudy had the better career. I know that um, you know, he was straight he, he you know, he had some really good seasons after the Islanders traded him, but you know, he and he was a goaltender uh, at the end of those dynasty years, you know, guys who were held on to too long, uh, had kind of stuck around and, uh, there was some, you know, were some not so great teams in front of him. Um, um, as opposed to what Billy Smith had, uh, earlier on in the earlier eighties. But, uh, I think Kelly Rudy was definitely a, uh, and outstanding. I mean, he he was unbelievable in that uh, the Easter Epic game. Like, Fifty-seven saves or something like that. It was ridiculous, or or seventy something. I don't even remember the number, but he had a ridiculous amount of saves in that game. He was, it was uh, fantastic. So, I, I would probably have to go with Kelly Rudy uh, in that in that spot.
2: Okay. All right.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So, folks, I, I guess we have it here after after long deliberation and debate here. So here's your here's your official hockey night New York post dynasty era roster, and that starts with Derek King, Pat Lafontaine, Ziggy Palffy as your first line, Benoit Hogue, Pierre Turgeon, and Steve Thomas as your second line, Anders Lee, John Tavares, Patrick Flatley as your third line, and then Josh Bailey, Brent Sutter, Kyle Laposo as your fourth. Then you got your pairings, Kasparaitis, Molokov, Kenny Johnson, Adrian O'Coin, Mark Streit, Thomas Johnson. And in goal, Kelly Rudy and Thomas Grice. Your all-time post-Dynasty era Islander team. How do you feel about it, Tony?
1: I feel pretty good about it, to be honest with you.
0: Okay. Well, let the I debates begin. Good. Let the debate yeah, begin.
1: I, 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 I'm interested to see... Um, what, some, what people think about it.
0: Yes. And real, real, real quick, some honorable mentions <laughs> that I had to leave out Mike Pekka, Sean Bates, Claude Lapointe, Franz Nielsen, Mariusz Tchaikovsky. Josh Bailey was an honorable mention, but we got him in there. Mark Parrish, mm-hmm. Tom Pody. I didn't have Mark Strite in there initially, but then he made it in. Yui U- U- Krupp. Yui Krupp. Lubomir Louis- and then, of course, the uh, so, some members of what would have been the all-time roster, if we just threw away what they did as Islanders, how long they were with Islanders, and what they did career-wise. And I'm sure there's many more names that we're leaving out here. But Bill Guerin, Ryan Smith, Todd Bertuzzi, Zdeno Chara, Brian McCabe, Roberto Luongo, Doug Waite, and the list I'm sure goes on and on.
1: Oh, we could put a Hall of Fame uh, team together of players that were yeah. traded away. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and. Jokin <clears throat> and Luongo. I mean, geez, that was just one trade. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you could trade, you know, Brian McCabe, Todd Pertuzzi. There was, there was a, a million of them. Zane Chara. You know, these are guys, you know, some of these guys are, are you know, some of them are going to Hall of Fame. Roberto Luongo is going to go to Hall of Fame. Right. Chara is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like, these are, you know, those are guys who are, are definitely going to go to the Hall of Fame. Oh, no yeah.
0: So, oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what could have been? It doesn't matter. But folks, uh, we really appreciate you. You know, <laughs> listening in. Hope you found it interesting. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have some opinions on your own that you're willing to share with us, Tony. If you got anything else, we'll wrap it up, buddy.
1: Yeah, I think I've, I think we've said enough. <laughs> 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 That's a, I'm very interested to see what people think, but uh, you know, I know we uh, we said it early on in the show. Everyone uh, really hope that you really enjoyed. Uh, these lists we enjoy putting together, uh, with a healthy debate. And, uh, everyone just stay safe, wash your hands, and, uh, you know, keep yourself and your family safe
2: out there.
0: That's right, folks. Big thanks to Ken in Ohio for chiming in with the Gillies versus Tonelli debate. Big thanks to that. Have another donut. We appreciate you guys participating, giving us something to talk about here. We'll be back next week with some more fun stuff, with some more topics. We still got some more, uh, you know, fan participation, listener participation that we want to discuss. And folks, like Tony said, stay safe, wash your hands, be good to each other. We'll get through this. And I guess that's it, folks. We'll see you next time for Tony Stabile. My name is Sean Cuthbert. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Have a great rest of your night. Take care.